The best damn league show period is brought to you by eSportsBet, the industry's leading crypto odds matrix. Now, obviously, they have their World's Prediction Series 2 competition, as you see on the screen. 10 million USDT prize pool, up to 800,000 USDT for first place. They also have their whole like DeFi program where you can put crypto in their wallet and gain money per day on based on it. They have their new machine like AI hybrid learning system that's going to like filter out who's doing the dodgy betting patterns and who's a legit better and allow them to withdraw easily enough they've got all sorts of features obviously if you've never deposited before you can get a 50% deposit on up to 200 US dollars deposit now using the link in the description box below so if you already bet on esports are you interested in starting how about considering esports bet Right, this is going to be another episode of the Best Damn League Show, period. And it is, of course, just a two-man episode. It's me and Dom for this one. Now, one of the things is, first of all, if you notice the way I'm bringing on the guests, I try and space the guests out as well so that we're like there's still episodes where we get into the nitty-gritty of what we think and updating the thoughts. So if you notice the run that we've had recently, I think we'll probably wait a week or two and then we bring a guest on around the playoffs time where we go to the next phase. Which, by the way, we'll segue that into the first topic. I actually think, like, this is looking like it's going to be one of the best playoffs of all time in Europe, by the way. Just look at who's at the top of the stables, all the teams you don't believe in. Look at all the teams that on paper are supposed to have the clutch players. They're actually teams where some of them might not even make the playoffs yet. Then you've got to add in, somehow we are in one of those mental like 2020 summer scenarios where the difference between second place and fucking seventh place and eighth as well is three, two games. Two games takes you from tied for seventh, but there's two teams there, right up to number two in the league, which is wrong. So as a result, bearing in mind there's two weeks left and there's something like four games or something, or six games. Like, mate, this is going to be mental. Like, this end to the season, it reminds me of that 2020 summer one where if people remember the Schalke run and famously for that, G2 almost both didn't make it, even though they went to Worlds at the end. Like, that was the one where, that's the one where, you know the most unfair detail ever, Dom, is you know it's all the Alfarian upset here is just mention that origin was last and they never say yep. another detail they don't put in deals remember if, if your team finished last place like TSM did right and I was making fun of you I'd say your fucking win rate like if people don't know TSM was like 3 and 15 or something last split like or 5 and 13 or something it was something terrible I think it was 5 I and 13 mean, I believe. Like, yeah. I'd mention that detail because it makes it worse that you were shit the reason they don't mention how many games or any of the stuff I've just said now is because origin wasn't even that bad guys the joke was that split in that split every team could have been in the playoffs that was what was so mental this split's yeah. not quite as bad like obviously it goes around say and BDS couldn't be but I'm not joking Dom I've just said down to 7th but obviously SK is only one game below and they're in ninth. Mm -hmm. like dude ninth to, to second could all be in the playoffs it is I mean obviously like certain teams mathematically are going to make it anyway but like if we're talking about like ability to come this has been one of the most wide open splits ever I've seen mate yeah, definitely. Um, and just to, to piggyback off that point that you just made about the the origin that ended up being in last place, the other thing that people don't mention is the fact that like the last two games didn't matter. They could have easily like won a couple of their yeah, last exactly. games, like tryharded, yes. and then like got eighth or something. Like they pretty much were disqualified in that last week based off the first game, and then knowing that they kind of like said they phoned it in for the last two fucking games because obviously that team just needed to make playoffs. So just yes. wanted to, to throw that out. Uh, no, no, oh, sure. Uh, on that point as well. But yeah, I 100% agree. I think that it's going to be really interesting. The only thing that might make the the final standings a little bit annoying is the championship points because we might end up You're right, in a actually. world where... Yeah. Like, well, because like this is this is pretty much what, what essentially is going to happen. If Mad Lions ends up first, they pretty much can't get first. It's almost impossible no, for them to actually get first place because they have no championship points from spring. And teams like Rogue... I mean, Rogue has 70, right? G2 has 90, 
So G2 could potentially get like fourth and then they would have a combined 140 points. They would be higher than Mad Lions. If G2 gets fourth, they'll be higher than Mad Lions if Mad Lions get first. So that's the biggest issue I think that we're going to run into here is that the, because so many teams automatically qualify into Worlds because of the new format, like it, we talked about all the scenarios last week with the one through four. So like if the first place beats the fourth place, first, second, and third, all qualify to Worlds like automatically. Yeah, all just, qualify basically, yeah. The main problem here you'll notice, by the way, dude, isn't even just that. It's that the problem is this. Because they've reverse engineered this, and this is where they fucked up. Because the playoffs of LEC Summer is the qualifier for Worlds, they've made this so that it's about qualification for Worlds. Because you say it's circuit points. The problem with that is this, though, Dom. It makes no sense at all that in the individual split of Summer Split, Mad Lions can win the split but not be the first place seed for the playoffs. That's the problem. You see what I mean? If it was just a qualifier for Worlds, that's fine. Do it this way. It makes more sense. If it's just a league, it needs to be that they're the number one seed if they're the top of the league. That's just silly if they're like not the playoff seed. Like, as you say, the most ridiculous would be that G2 somehow gets the minimum possible to be the number one seed. And here's the here's the silliest scenario of all time, Dom. There's a world where G2 can be number one seed and choose to dodge Mad Lions. Like, how does that make any sense? Like, I know it does, because <laughs> for worlds it does make sense, but for the just the LEC itself, it's actually quite illogical. I think it just makes it silly. Because imagine how you're going to explain to fans what we're talking about now. Oh, yeah, no one your screen fans all split long. Mad Lions have been the best team, but actually they're, they're the third best team in the play. Like, how would that yeah. make any sense? It doesn't make any sense to me now. Well, and I know what the logic is. About spring, like that, that'll be the whole angle. It's like, well, spring split. You guys were saying before that spring split didn't matter. Now it fucking matters, and it fucks everything up. Aren't you happy? It's like, yes. no, this is not. This is not the way yes. that, that you had to correct everything. But yeah, I mean, it definitely looks like Mad Lions is probably going to end up with the number one uh, seed in the standings um, at the end. I mean, they just seem like by far the best team that that we uh, we watch. I mean. If you look at their games, I mean, it's not even just about the fact that they're oh, 10 the and 3. Oh, checks out like a motherfucker, doesn't it? Yeah. They've had one bad game. Like, think about their losses. They've lost three games, right? They had yep. the game they threw versus Rogue at the beginning of the season, which is like, you won for 26 minutes. We talked about that game a million fucking times. They had the other game that they threw against Misfits, I believe. Yep. Where they were winning the whole time. They were like 5, 6k gold up. This gives on Lissandro. They lost a couple of fights. They just got outscaled. And then they have the one bad game against XL where they actually just had like El Yoya's worst game ever. So they've only And it was a really had... good game from XL. It was probably the best team at the time. That's not even that bad a game to lose, dude. Yeah, so they've had one bad game the entire split. Yes. I mean, I feel like they, they definitely look like they're the most consistent team. And I think that that's, that's the key word because when you look across the table, who else can you even say is remotely consistent out of all the rest of the teams? Well, that's the thing. The joke is the only other team I actually think if you look week to week, it's actually, it's say. now rogue. It really is. Like, dude, I don't, um, I don't think so. I, I used disagree. to think it was XL in terms of in-game. Like, some of their losses, like, these last ones I do care about, but I didn't care about some of the others. I didn't care. The difference is, though, like, I know you're probably going to say it's fucking, like, Misfits or Vitality. No, or no, no. I yes. don't get that at all. You're going to go I'll, with Vitality? I'll, I'll go with Vitality 100%. I mean, think about think about how they've they've played. They've essentially just beat the people that they're better than. Like, that that's crucial for me. You They beat the people that they're better than. And then when they were losing games, they lost all the people that were better than them. So you look at their losses, right? They lost to Mad, XL, G2, and Rogue, right? No problems there. They beat Astralis, SK, Misfits, and BDS, the teams that were lower than them. Then they beat Fnatic. And then in this second half of the split, 
They lost the Mad Lions, still the number one team. They've actually played the number one seed twice oh, already. Oh, by record, right? I see what you mean, right? Yeah, sure. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying. I just meant like eye test of like if in the server, like difference is raw guys. It's not they don't have the greatest fucking ceiling, but they've got a nice floor. Like they're always fairly consistent. You mean like in terms of against specific opponents in the field, who's the most consistent team to win? Well, I mean, I, I think I could kind of go both ways with Rogue because like I mean like like Rogue this week they lost to Misfits and Astralis, and it's like those are two teams that they should be beating every single time, and even like the way that they look like. I mean, they kind of got like their asses well, beat by Rogue, This is the official Rogue topic. Let's keep going then. Go on, give me your thoughts on Rogue then. Well, I mean, it's just, uh, it's the same thing as, as before. Well, now I think there's there's a there's a big issue, right? Malrog no longer looks good. He's no that's longer getting like... what I to ask like... about. Yeah, because mate, that's one topic that we have to talk about. We've talked a lot about him sure. in the past. This game that they had, mate, against... Um... It was the, the game was against it. Astralis where he just got invaded over oh, and over it was by And by the yeah. way, in that, look, we'll have a talk later. I actually think Xerxes has probably been like a sleeper fucking jungle. He's been pretty good. But even Soulmate, yes. he looked shit in that game. Like he got really embarrassed. Yeah, he got really embarrassed. And then just like you see the, the way that, that he's playing most of the time. I mean, he's doing all these weird vibe builds. I tweeted out after the Misfits game that he bought 23 pink wards during the game. Like at that point, you're just a fucking support. Like you buy 23 pink wards. I mean, that is a ridiculous amount of gold that you've spent That's on mental. pink wards now. That's like every you, single back. You must just buy one or two. You buy two every single back. Yeah. That's fucking That's crazy. crazy. I mean, 75 gold, and it could potentially give gold to the enemy team. If you just look at a fucking calculator, right? You do 23 times 75. I'll just do it right now. 1,725 gold on just pink wards. A, a, a full item costs, a full legendary item costs like 3,000 gold. 2,800. I mean, we're on the patch where Chainsword, which is one of the best items in the game. I've tweeted about it before. Costs 2,600 gold. And he's buying 1,725 gold of fucking pink wards, man. Like, he is so far behind every game because, number one, he still sins like a motherfucker. He still sits in bushes. He buys really weird items. The order that he buys his items in is super strange. Like, he had this weird obsession earlier on in the split where he would go bomby cinder plus a giant's belt, which health is, like, not even that efficient anymore at that point. Like, a lot of the champions he's playing have built-in, like, effective HP. They have shields. They have, like, heal from conqueror. They have ways, or like they have like a healing support, whatever. They have ways to have enough health that armor and magic resist become more efficient than health. And, you know, he's just still just all in on health. Not only that, I mean, it delays his mythic item. So even, even though like you could argue like, oh, well, you know, you can buy items that spike you really hard and delay your mythic because you want to be stronger early on in the game. I don't even think that the items do that. Like, I don't even agree with that premise. But then you, you look back and you're like, oh shit, like he's, he's now like, behind every other jungler because they have mythic items and he's sitting on like random components at a fucking random giant's belt. So I don't know. I feel like like Marong is essentially just like kind of becoming like no one's dying in his ganks. He's essentially just behind every game. He's kind of just like AFK farming. You know, it kind of reminds me of Haru in some of the earlier weeks. And then they just lose because it's like they have no synergy. I mean, Rogue doesn't act together at all as a team like you don't see the support in jungle go and make plays anymore it's kind of like all three lanes are farming jungler is just existing and they show up to fights and they're kind of behind and then they lose here's the thing one thing i think this brings up as a topic is how whack fans are with their fucking like movie level analysis so you remember last split the dog shit take before the end of the split went like this balrang's completely transformed the guys in rogue meanwhile inspired he was obviously shit inspired was the problem spoiler inspired probably is like the mvp of the fucking lcs if you're not watching like he just runs the whole fucking league and even was in in spring he just had to adapt to those new players and a totally new setup like inspired was a very good jungler that's obvious malrang 
obviously this is this is where the narrative from last split has to get resurrected dom i don't know if you ever saw the comments but there was loads of people got mega butthurt when at the end of last split and in the playoffs we were making pointing out that like malrang basically like he might be getting the good outcome he might be winning these games but these are like mad gambles and this style like won't hold up and more importantly like it's just not actually that good a style like it works because of the players he has in his team you know i made that point like if he was on the worst team in the lec like there's just loads, loads of games like you wouldn't think he's mega here's the difference when i watch bds i actually do maybe like only one game this week but there's often times i watch bds and i'm like this single guy's just a good jungler mate he just gets ahead early he does what he does and if the team loses i don't blame him he hasn't got anything to work with if you put malrang in that scenario he wouldn't do that like he might fuck around and win a game by being a psycho but he's he's not gonna actually like play like proper fucking league of legends and show me like what an amazing jungler so i think like the I'm sorry, that was always a window. That was It was going to run out eventually. He wasn't just going to torture the whole league forever and be like, how does he keep getting away with it? He wasn't going to eventually, eventually he's going to stop. And the problem I have is this. You know what, Dom? When it stops working, like it stopped working now, and you are just getting behind losing fucking you'd be buying items now the gold efficiency's fucked with you buying these pinks like that the joke is i'd rather have inspired back in the team now if i could fucking click the the ruby slippers together and bring inspired back tomorrow and put him straight in rogue and fix the whole team what are we doing because that's yeah. the problem mate their team this is the issue like you say I do think all of them generally are all right now. Like, no one's playing really terribly. But you look across the board, there's too many factors. Like, I'll give you an example. So Larson had that week where he looked fucking mega on his ear. Then he has to get... Then of all... Think about this, guys. This is why you are just cursed, Larson, mate. Your whole career, you're a fucking mage player. So Talia comes back in. It's so broken. Everyone's winning on it. And you're the only person who looked like an idiot playing it. He looked shit against Misfits on that, mate. That should be your wheelhouse, bro. It's that you're the champion where you want the cons when they jump in on you. That's your dream. It's basically your... It's like your second is here, you fuck. So he was bad on that. So the problem they have as a team in general is they're like that old classic idiom. They're like the jack of all trades, Mark master of none they just like here's the thing dom i'll give them credit in this sense they have a good early game as well that's a nice factor they're one of the only teams can probably like go along with the mad lions in early game but beyond that mate like i actually think the only player who's played really well the last few weeks combined is comp i actually thought he got fucked hard this last week like the joke is like the fucking last until he was fucking in with the walls just trapping his own adc out of the fight then Odoamne, I don't even know why. You know, one thing that doesn't work narratively about Odoamne's career, it's that he's supposed to be the guy who loses with class and is a mega veteran. This last week, you'd think he was a fucking rookie or something. Like, he's just chain-feeding. Like, what are we doing? So I think as a team, they have some strengths. And currently, I mean, one of the biggest strengths is just the wins they've got. So they're going to be in the playoffs, like you say. They're going to have a good seed. That's all great. But, like, mate, they have so many holes as well in this team. Yeah, there, there are so many holes. And, I mean, they're almost, almost guaranteed... So right now, this is, the, this is the biggest problem, right? They're in second. G2 doesn't look good. They're going to have the most championship points by accident, almost. Like, if Vitality comes second, right? Like, Vitality comes second, and then they uh, they come, like, third or fourth, well, they've got it in the bag. Like, they easily have enough championship points to be the number one seed. It's just going to be another one of those, te those uh, times. It's kind of like last year where they end up going to Worlds, and beforehand, you just don't even feel good about them being a Worlds seed. You don't feel like they're going to do anything. I feel the same way now where it's just like, I don't know what to expect out of this team. I really don't know when they're going to play well or when they're not. I mean, before at least I could kind of have that idea of, oh, they play like weak side top and then they play like these hyper carries uh, bot lane. And then like Marong just kind of does whatever he sins sometimes, whatever. And then they'll just like get into a team fight and win. I mean, they don't even get into team fights and win anymore. Like this split has been so disappointing. And when you think about the quality of their wins, like, I mean, sure, they have... 
they have some wins, right? But they have also like a bunch of like fluke wins too. The game versus XL. I mean, that was a game where XL threw that they shouldn't have won. Sure, you got to say something about, oh, well, they catch the throws or whatever. But to me, I prefer aggressive style and a team that's able to generate an advantage like Mad Lions over a team that just catches throws any day. And sure, they had the win over over Mad Lions that they threw that they caught the throw again as well. So you have XL and Mad Lions where they're both absurdly behind in both spots. Like if you were to bet on those games at some point, it gotta be it's gotta be like 80-20 for the other team to beat them. Then they end up getting those wins. And that's the difference between them being six and seven, like Fnatic Astralis, you know, <laughs> at the bottom, everyone's flaming them. What the fuck happened to this team? And then being in second place. The only reason people aren't freaking out right now is because when you look at the standings, you still see them in second place. So you feel like they're actually better than they are. But oh, really, I mean, let's be real. Those games, it's, it's not Just good. the last week alone, dude, they lost to Misfits and Astralis. Like, Misfits is not going to be a contender, and Astralis shouldn't even be in the conversation with Rogue. Because here's the problem I have with Rogue in general, Dom, is that it's actually, believe it or not, that I think they genuinely only win and lose by, like, general team strength. Because here's the one thing that sucks about their team. They don't have that factor I always gave to Fnatic, which is, like, when you have those raw, like, individual star players, they can just wake up and fuck the game up for the opponent to win the game. Rogue doesn't do that. Like, when Rogue plays some shitty team like Astralis, they don't just beat them with, like, raw mechanical strength. In fact, Rogue look they like lose, they don't yeah. even believe in their individual players. Like, they, they win as a team. But they don't just like, like, like you're saying about the pick, like, the joke there, Malrang, is like, why are you right. ever buying fucking wards when you're behind against Astralis? Like, you, you're going to have to make a play to outbeat them, aren't you? You're not just going to fucking use Vision to beat them. Yeah, it, it's tough. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not hyped on Rogue right now. It, it's really weird right now because... So much changes from week from week to week, and like these weeks that should be really good for them end up being bad. And it's like you go from being like, oh well, you know, at the end of the day they're eight and three, and then they have Misfits at Astralis, so they'll probably be ten and three, and then they'll be at the top of the league. So I mean, it's it's all right, you know. You don't you just realize, yeah, you know, the point that's craziest of all is at least in the past splits where they were number one seed, Dom, they earned it by being number one in the league. They're actually going to, for the mm. first time ever, be number one in the playoffs, probably, with the least deserved number one seed ever. It's actually going to be even stupider. Like, the joke is they're not even in great form for all the people who buy the razor kick to believe they're going to win. <laughs> anyway, we'll move on. Obviously, that's the wrong topic. I think we've done that one. I'll tell you what yeah. I want to do. Well, since we mentioned Brad Lyons, we only briefly touched on him, but I've got a few angles here. One, like I said last week, mate... The way the fucking meta has hit Unforgiven in the face with his, like, Draven picks is ridiculous, mate. Like, this is another game where he was, like, toozy open, like, three minutes in the game or something. Like, it's just nope. a joke. And if you look how they're drafting, mate, it's a fucking godsend that you give the Mad Lions guys this fucking Draven player. Because, mate, these comps are making her awesome. It's just got all <laughs> these comps that just catch it and just give Draven free kills all day. Like, I would be loving the way they're playing around him, mate. He must be fucking loving that team. They're easily the best early game team. That goes out saying, right? Like, I think yeah, they're the only Western team right now, just in terms of that aspect, who have any chance against the fucking Asians, mate. LPL is going to eat the LEC alive. Yep, I 100% I agree with that. I mean, the the Mad Lions team, I think that they're really hard to draft against right now because when you look at, like, all the picks that they play, you can't really give him Zeri. Like, Zeri is one of the most OP champions, and Unforgiven yep. looks like he's just on his game, so you can't give him Zeri. You cannot, by any means, give them Talia because Nis that, that is, oh, that is Niski's Niski fucking looked champion right on that, mate, yeah. Go like fuck with Niski's Talia. Ain't Always no has been as well. Signature. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that just fits right. Like when you think about Niski as a player, he's the thing that makes him so great now and makes him one of the best players in all of LEC. In my opinion, let me just throw this out there. Full disclosure, I think he's the MVP of the league. I think this, like if regular season, think about how much influence this guy has had. This was a, not a playoff team. He joined it. They're sure. the best team by far. You know, like that is just fucking crazy yeah, yeah. levels of value that, that he's 
that he's had for this team. Even just the way that he plays the map is just fucking, it's beautiful to watch. I mean, part of the reason why you see Mad Lions going for all these early dives is because of the fact that he's oh, moving. Is, that is sure, the crucial yes. part. It's not the jungler coming to the dives. It's the fact that the jungle and the fucking mid laner are both coming. That's what makes it going from like a, ooh, can we dive this? To like, no, the person's 100% dead unless you react to it. That's number one. But, uh, I mean, j just to wheel it back, you can't give him Talia, right? So then you also now need to ban Draven against Unforgiven as well. So if you're on red side, those are your bans. Like, you know, I mean, we'll see. Maybe, maybe 12, 14 changes that we get a new patch. So maybe things will change and... I mean, I've heard it's 1214. I don't know if it's been officially announced yet. But on the new patch, maybe they they have the opportunity to leave some more things open. Maybe something changes. Maybe there's more OP champions. So you almost get that red side uh, solution where there's so many OP champions that you can just like leave them all up. You don't even have the disadvantage of being red side anymore. But right now, I just feel like you're so restricted when you play against Matt because not only can they play all the other picks. I mean, Niski Lissandra, that fucking works perfectly for him. I can see him playing, you know, any of the other meta champions right now. Even if he had to play a zero, I don't expect that he would just be worthless on that pick or getting outclassed. And you don't get to actually, like, have any unique strategy because they just lock you out in those ban phases. It's like, oh, we have to ban Draven, Zeri, Talia every single time. And then, you know, everyone else is going to get their best champions. That's the problem is then Elioia can play whatever he wants. Armut, who's one of the players that you should be able to target with bans, can play literally any champion in the game because you can't waste bans on him or you auto lose because of the other picks. So I feel like Mad Lions right now are super scary for that reason. No one else feels like they have that type of command over pick and ban phase where you're like, well, we can't give him this. Like we, we saw what happened last time he got like Draven. Like we can't give that shit to him again. Okay, well, what about all the other picks? So they're in that spot where because they've done so well with those picks, they've now like commanded the respect where you can't even conceive of giving them some of these champions. And oh, no, they're back in draft kingdom for the coaches for sure. Yeah. I mean, obviously you could even throw in, you so didn't even good. have to mention him, but El Yoya's out there. Like you can't just give him any fucking jungle pick. Yeah. Oh, it's a nightmare. They're actually, it's a fucking nightmare scenario for anyone trying to get draft against them. Especially I'd even throw this out there. Obviously, historically, if this was just a random team, you could maybe have armor champion polishes. But as you said, a, you're not wasting bands on him. And then B I'll, I'll point this out as well. I'll tell you what a fucking perfect pick me up. If you're top player, has any weakness at all is how about just have the fucking support and mid roam top and just gank a whole bunch of times like <laughs> you can just fix lanes that matchups aren't even supposed to win out like you can just figure out what and you've already got the best early game in the league like mate we can fix these problems these aren't these are called like good problems to have mate they just essentially encourage our team to work as a team to cover the whole yeah. so yeah right now there's no reason at all you wouldn't have them number one and also look at the week they've just had on paper spiritually sure some of it was stand-ins stand like you say for Rogue but before last week began on paper the best three teams in the LEC were supposed to be Mad Lions XL Rogue they just beat Rogue and XL this last week guys they just actually handled those two teams and right now there is no team that looked like they would win against Mad Lions Lions. There's teams who would, obviously, but if you, if I told you, just match up right now a team from LEC to have a chance to win against Mad Lions, the only factors you can even do is play off shit like intangible. You can't, if you just go off eye test, nobody matches up with them. They win the LEC yeah. outright. That's why yeah. I also get mildly tilted, by the way, by this whole angle that everyone in Mad Lions has to take when they praise Niski in the swap. They always have to mention, like, but it wasn't Rika's fault. Rika was fine. No, he wasn't. He wasn't. Maybe he was fine for the RLs or he would be fine if he was on BDS. He obviously wasn't fine on your team. And yes, it's not. By the way, it wasn't that he just left and then Niski just does all the same things a little bit. Niski is night and day different player. Like, the joke is, I know they're just doing that to be nice to the guy because yeah. they hope he has a career again. But like, you've, you've, you've fucked that narrative. He absolutely wasn't good enough and he clearly didn't do anything for your team that you needed. So, miss that. But anyway, what do you think in general? I mean, uh, so, here's the thing. So, they, they play, so, 
they they beat Fnatic and, and XL last week. They play Rogue this next week. I think that that's a, that's a game where it's like the only way that you can conceive of beating Mad right now is you have to hope that they fuck up something later on in the game and you're able to beat them like that. That's the part of their game they've looked inconsistent on. They don't close out games super well. But that's a horrible way to go into a game when you're like prepping for it. Like, just, just wait for the throw, guys. <laughs> yes. Oh, oh, what happened? Oh, they didn't throw? Oh, I guess we just fucking automatically lose then. Like that, that is the way that you go about having to deal with them. So I don't know. I mean, I think in general, this team is like, they look like by far the scariest team. And the, and the thing is, that, that even completes the old joke, right? That they're so good that also they, it's only they can beat themselves. It really is just like that, isn't it? Like they have to essentially just give you the game. Yeah, I mean, I think that they they are beatable in ways, but I'm thinking of like through the context of LEC, right? Like, I'm sure that if you took a top tier like LPL team, they'd be like, wait, but you can give them yes. Draven. Like, you you don't. But who? What other players are, are you going to really want them to play a Draven game like against you if you're fighting for a playoff spot? Do you want another game where Unforgiven just has like thirteen thousand gold, six items, at fucking twenty two minutes into the game, and then you're sitting there like scaling with Zarya or something? You're like, oh, but guys, like, don't worry, like. We'll outscale him eventually. Do you want to put yourself in that position? I don't know. I just feel like there's just, there's just not good angles. And they actually look like one of the teams that improves week to week. Like the other teams, you don't really know. And the reason why I said that I thought that Vitality was looking like one of the more consistent we'll teams. Them next, let's do it. Well, it's because at least the, those teams are trending upwards. Like you yes. see Vitality, it's like, okay, you were kind of bad at the beginning. You could only beat the bad teams and you like would lose to all the good teams. And then you started like being able to like kind of beat them. And now it looks like you're actually like, Upgrading yourself a little bit. Okay, you you kind of manhandled G2. Like, G2 kind of got fucked by Vitality. I mean, Perks was what? Like, 10-0 at 9-0 or oh, something at the end him. of that game? Yeah. So, at least you can see some type of, like... Per, you see, like, they're building upon what they already know. Mad Lions is doing that, too. And the other teams don't look like there's any progression. Right? Like, Fnatic... Fnatic fans are so fucking desperate for a win that when they beat BDS, they're, like, tweeting about... Oh, this is such a big win for our organization. If your organization is getting off to a BDS win, like, you know, things are in the fucking dumps. Like, you're a team, team that's already eliminated LED. from world contention, by the way. Already. Yeah. It's, all, yeah. it's over. Yeah, they should be eliminated from world contention next year, too. Like, fuck it. Like, at this point, like, just put, just put them in, relegate them. I don't even care if it doesn't exist anymore. Relegate them anyways. Like, I'm tired of watching BDS play. They're the most disappointing team. But yeah, I mean, that's the main problem is Mad Lions is improving. Vitality is improving. The other teams look like they're good or bad based on the week. Like there's no consistency. You don't really notice anything that they start doing super well in that week. And then the next week they can do that and also do something else. It's like they learn one concept, forget another. You don't really know where the teams are going. So that's the main thing about Mad Lives. It actually looks like they are improving upon what they already know. Let's talk about Vitality then. You brought them up. Like, obviously, if you look at the last few weeks, Vitality is absolutely one of the teams that is on a tear. They've won four of the last five games. They've beaten a bunch of those elite teams that I mentioned before that were considered the cleanest and the best in the LEC show weeks ago now. But at one point in time, these teams had that narrative established. The reason it's interesting we're going to talk about them this week, Dom, is every other past episode, as all the fans know, was essentially yep. just us pointing out that, like, Vitality's not very good, but Perks has actually been really good. Like, the joke is Perks actually probably would be an MVP candidate himself if you look at what mm -hmm. it's taken to win some of the game. And all that happens is this. This is how bad fans are, Dom. I actually saw some of the comments are so broken that their take is this. Their take is like, well, yeah, he is playing well, but, like, you are kind of dick-sucking by mentioning it. It's like, oh, so just noticing things now is a crime. Like, we're not even allowed to actually... So basically, if one of the greatest players of all time is playing well in a team that's losing and you're all saying he's the reason they're sucking, us pointing out, actually, he's, 
laning and playing quite well is somehow dick sucking like well you're just doing the dick sucking the other way aren't you you're like dick spitting out then or something you moron like oh you're just hating on him in every possible scenario and at the end you go well all right well factually i guess you are right he is good but i just don't want him to be so don't say it's like it's not your fucking 12th birthday party you twat you don't get to decide the conversation so anyway this week actually shows that vitality is real dom and i'll tell you why because dude he didn't even actually start out that crazy well as he normally does like he actually had some dodgy moments but as you say that g2 game looked banging also he looks fucking amazing on telly if you had the last few weeks together and he didn't it wasn't even just perks this time a for all the blame of all the criticism we've given him, actually Alfari looked good this last week. And then I have to say, you know what? I've given him so much criticism, I'll give him his props now. You know what? I now know why they put Renata onto Labrov. I didn't any other fucking game he ever played it. He never put star. This time he actually looked fucking good, mate. He was actually doing well. And the team in general, something has changed about Vitality. And the reason I say that is this. I even thought they played team fights well, dude. They were like cycling out the low health members. And like loads of times they should have like traded like three for three, like two. And they just wouldn't. They would get away because they would just get away with like four health and cycle that guy out and bring it. They actually looked good. Dude, Vitality, I, I, I can't... Some part of me doesn't believe it can continue, but fucking hell, they actually they actually had some cohesion. They were a real team. Well, I mean, and I think that they've actually kind of accepted their identity. I think up until now, they were kind of in that mentality of, we're still a super team. Like, Carsey can still play. It's like, no, Carsey can't play everything. You put him on weak side every fucking game, whether it's Senna, whether it's Ezreal, whether it's some other fucking pick. I, like, didn't they play a Seraphine game at some point? I don't even remember all the fucking yeah, picks yeah. that he's played. But... Literally, just you weak side Karzi every fucking game. You use the two solo laners that have been performing in lane, and you actually just play for them, and they're gonna fucking win you the games. And Karzi won't lose you to the games. Good bandaid. Turns out. <laughs> but yeah, but like, why is band aids? Why is make? Why is having a band aid solution so looked down upon when the team is struggling for like seventy five percent of the year? They literally looked bad for seventy five percent of the year, and yeah, then like yeah. people are still like. No, nah, it's not good enough. Don't band-aid it yet. Just hold out and just keep on trying to make Karzy like a fucking carry, and then you're gonna like end up with the results. I don't know. It's super weird. I saw I saw the comments on the last video too, where it's like, here's my question, right? How in a fan's mind is Vitality tied for second, eight and five, with wins over the people that everyone's been saying is better than them? XL, right? Everyone was saying XL is better. G2 is another team that everyone was saying is better. How do they win these games, right? They're eight and five in the league, second place, with all five players being fucking dog shit. Like, sure, if you want to go there, if you want to be the LPL elitist, look, I'm normally the LPL elitist. I try to tone it down for these shows to make it interesting. If you want to be the LPL elitist and be like, well, it's because everyone fucking sucks. Sure, that's your that's your solution. But compared to the players that are playing in this league right now, Perks is one of the best. Oh, for sure. Like that is just that is just a fact. And I'm like, I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry that he's one of the best. I know he's annoying. I know he's confident in himself with like, I, I that makes just yeah. a lot of these basement dwellers just see. They're I like, can see why if you don't, listen, if you don't fuck with his personality, it'd be easy to hate on him, sure. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm I mean, you. like people, people fucking hate his personality. They hate looking at him and he's like, oh man, why does he think he's so good? It's like, yeah, maybe because he's fucking one like know, nine exactly. splits out of like 12 or something. <laughs> exactly. like, or like 13 split. Like that's where, like, I'll fucking feel, feel pretty good about myself like at that point too like I, when i was in lcs i thought i was fucking good and i didn't even win yeah exactly <laughs> so imagine dude, it, it took my boy on Amnia, what like seven years to make one final perks has won like nine of the motherfuckers so exactly like i would bad get but you know what fans i don't know if you can believe this or not i'd get pretty cocky if i was that good you know yeah i don't know yeah i don't, I don't know why he, he has self-confidence but then also like his team fucking sucks so it's like know. you look at carzy and lebron carzy and lebron have been so fucking bad this year 
Haru didn't start gank Haru didn't start playing the game until week four. Yep. Week four is the first time I ever saw him gank a lane. I was like, oh my god, he ganked something. He's a human. Like they actually have a chance wait, to win. I'll He's give him props for this last week, actually. He actually looked half decent. He had some invades. He like looked at like even we're working with the jungler for fuck's sake. Because I was on the same train you were, Dom. My whole thing with Vitality last week was basically I only care about putting Bo into the team. The guy, the Bo <laughs> guy, the eye test checks out. He looks like he's fucking amazing. Put him in the team. In fact, the fact that the team's shit, great. He can just do whatever he wants. Let him play like fucking old school rush in the LCS. Just do whatever you want, basically. Like, the, yep. the team doesn't matter. Dude, they could actually, even if Haru stays, they could do something. This team wasn't well, terrible when he's playing the last few weeks. I mean, just look at how they're playing. So the whole problem was that, I mean, I, I watch all the games with Rat. What Rat would always say, we watch all the Vitality games. He would always be like, well, Perks is just going to go up 10 CS and then no, nothing happens based off it and then Vitality loses. That was the problem. But imagine if your mid is winning by 10 CS every fucking game and you can actually just go to his lane. You can just go to his lane and dive the guy that's forced under turret. They did that, and you saw what the game was. Like, the game versus G2 fucking exploded off that. It's like, wait, so if we just moved that guy's lane, we let the Ezreal just farm bot, our jungler actually ganks, and then what happens? Perks gets the kill mid. Well, then he's top lane, and he gets another kill, and then he's 2-0 at, like, six minutes, and then he's just 10-0 by the end of the game. Caps doesn't even get to breathe. Like, those, that's what's possible if you actually make use of somebody winning lane. Sure, people can say, oh, it's not that impressive to go up 10 CS, but if you can consistently get pressure in your lane, it opens up your teammates to play around you so heavily, like this is how fucking top teams always play. This is why top teams have that strong side and that weak side dynamic because the strong side players, they'll give them the picks to get the lead and then they can play around that. And then once you have like Xiao Hu top lane, you know, back back with RNG, once you have them up like 10 CS and the guy's chunked under turret, you gank it once, becomes a 30 CS lead. You just keep on playing. It's so easy to play the game. So that's why I was so hard on Haru is because he was never hitting those timings. And suddenly he starts ganking for Alfari. He starts ganking for perks. They look like a completely different team. They look like actually one of the best teams in, in LEC right now. I mean, after this week, who can you say is better than, than Vitality and Mad Lions? Like, who can you say? I'm yeah, not going to say Rogue. I'm not going to say Rogue. I'm not going to say XL, who they just beat. I'm not going to say G2, who they just beat. Never will I believe that Misfits is, is actually good with, with their roster. And then Fnatic looks like dog shit. You, they, they're literally yes. just looking like the second best team. Although I will say, here's something that might seem like a weird take, but I think this is a great moment to say it. Now you know, though, why this was considered a super team, Dom. Because the point is, you know, like, I, I get for fans, if you're a really casual fan and you really do just go on the roller coaster of like, oh my God, 2-0, oh my God, 0-2, and you're just like up <laughs> and down. Like, I get that, it feels like whiplash, right? But basically, in the same reason why we never totally wrote off Fnatic until I did last week, that's the final time I'm done with them now. The reason I never wrote off yeah. Fnatic is because when you have players of that quality, they can turn it around. Like, these are formerly great players. The Vitality players, there's a reason why people put so much scrutiny on them. Like, all you needed, as you see now, was like Perks was already playing well. We just need Alfari to play well. By the way, Narby in one of the main picks has made it easy for him. He was always a fucking army. Yeah, you got GPs in the meta. You have to even ban that potentially. So like already he's back in the mix. Like I said, Haru's played fine and Labrov had some good games. Like boys, when the team comes together, this is why this team was so infuriating in spring because the pieces are there. They should be so much better than they were. Like where they are now is actually where this team was supposed to be from day one of spring spring. 
successful at basically obviously was self-made back then in fact there's even the final detail now you get why they made this team think about it logically here's what they thought like Perks and Alfari both thought well, we want to play with each other because we both think we're the best if you're Alfari you're probably even looking at Perks going brilliant I'm not that great outside of lane you basically that is your entire office outside of lane we should just play together then what happens is you go let's bring over that Kazi guy that we're all friends with and since he knows he wasn't the main reason Mad Lions won he'll just be weak side all game long stick that Labrov guy who's number one in, L in solo queue with him oh and what's that self made the guy who dominates all the scrims wants to play brilliant like you can see on paper that did look great you could see how if self made it was actually prime self made and we were in a farming jungle meta he'd be having a fucking great time like this team would be baller so like look I'm not going to go too far I still think they've got some flaws I, do, oh, I certainly don't think you can yeah. just take these two weeks and just delete the rest of the year but mate now you're seeing sort of why they at least tried to make this team you can see what they were hoping it could at least happen Look, I mean, they're just one of those teams where I'm looking for them to make playoffs. If they make playoffs, there's a good chance this team goes to Worlds. I mean, yes. look, if you make playoffs, two-thirds of the teams that make playoffs go to Worlds, number one. Like, yep. That's that's just the beginning of it. The other part of it is, like, when you look at it, like, I mean, who else is actually showing, like, they actually know how to play League right now? Well, we'll get to that, because I want to save that top until the end. Actually. We're going to do, like, a who are the four teams, and we'll see. We'll put our money where our mouth is, right? Okay. So let's go some other teams, though. Sure. So we've got Vitality Top. I actually thought, just because I actually do have a few takes on this, and as I said, technically, BDS is now eliminated from world's contention. They cannot be in playoffs. So here's what we're going to do. This will just be the last time we talk about BDS. We're not talking about it in the next fucking weeks. Unless mm -hmm. something amazing happens in their game, we'll just wrap it on this. So on BDS, I actually have a couple of thoughts for you, right? First of all, on paper, I'm supposed to go down. When they had a hard week, they played G2 and Fnatic. Spoiler, with where G2 and Fnatic are right now, that's actually like your best chance for an upset week. Like, you should have won at least one of those games. In fact, they were even playing so dodgy. Mate, that game against G2 shows why this BDS lineup oh, is fucking ass. Because you know what? <laughs> They cannot win any games. The lead they had against G2, who, by the way, we'll get to G2 later, but I even think one of G2's major weaknesses, even from spring to now, is if they're not ahead, and they're very rarely ahead, they're not very good at coming back. They're not like a super dynamic, dangerous team. G2 was the team just waiting to roll over and lose this game against you, Dom. And they found a way to lose this fucking game. That should be impossible. And then you've got to add in the other one as well. Like, no, I, you know what? I'll, 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 I'll keep all the points. The one thing I'll say, the one bright spot, in the whole fucking LEC, still for BDS, is just Syncroft. Occasionally, he has the games where he just passes nicely early. He helps them get their early game leads, and then the rest of them and all just fuck up the game. Like, he's the only one. Like, in my opinion, he does deserve a better team. I will say is Poppy was mad fucking dodgy against Fnatic, but that, there's a whole separate discussion we could probably have about the champion Poppy there. So, like, what are your thoughts generally on BDS, Storm? What do you think? Well... I mean, look, at this point, I just don't know what a good game for X-Maddie looks like. Like, when he tries to play weak side, he's irrelevant. He gets so he much trying to carry this game. This, game. this should have been his, his comeback game, right? This fucking hero game. That motherfucker is a walking shutdown when he gets gold. Like, you know that he doesn't protect that shit at all. Like, I remember the Jinx game from Spring Split where it was the same thing. He had, like, four or five kills. So I was like, oh, my God. This is what people have been hyping me up on. Xmati is popping off. Let's see what he does with it. And then they almost lost that game. That was like back when they still were able to win the 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 odd oh, yeah. game every now and then. They still lost that, or they almost lost that game because Xmati died like four or five times. Dude, how do you die so much when you're fucking <clears throat> so fed? It should be easy. Like it should be so easy to play the game when you have that lead. But for some reason, he's always dead. And you can blame his teammates. You can be like, oh, well, they don't protect him well. It's like, yeah, but like if your team's not protecting you, then you don't fucking walk into the whole enemy team. Oh, exactly.
Like you have some agency in it yourself. Man, that guy, like, I, I I don't know how this guy is is in LEC right now. Is he really bad? Like, dude, we've got Reckless and Crown Shot in LFL. We have those those 80 carries in LFL. Like, I don't even believe that, that X-Batty would be, like, a top five LFL 80 carry. Like, I would need to see him beat Exakick or be better than Exakick or somebody like that to, to start actually believing in him because I just don't see what he does. What does he do with his lead? It's not like you can play around him. He's not reliable to, to be played around. He doesn't... Weak side super well. When he weak sides, he's completely irrelevant. He dies way too much anyway. And then you look at these games and it's like, damn, like you just can never win. Like if, if you can't win with that lead, you literally can never win. The the team fights at Baron look weird. You see just the way they play it out. Xmati flashed out of the Baron pit when he was like half-life. There's no one that can even go over the wall. He just like flashed away for no reason. It's like, I mean, I don't even know how you get so like shook in a game where that becomes your decision-making process. It's just so weird to watch this team play. I mean, I'm so, I'm I'm happy that they uh that they already like eliminated from playoffs so people could stop talking about them. I like I'm gonna veto what you said. I don't even care if they show some type of promise in in, in the other games. I don't want to talk about them again. The rest of the show, I don't want to talk about them again. It doesn't fucking matter. They could win five games in a row. They're already eliminated from playoffs anyway. Yeah, so one like, topic though that it actually ties into this though. This is why okay. it'll be a perfect last topic on BDS. Because dude, there is a tweet that Grabs made, and I think people just thought it was a joke, so they didn't even pay attention. So despite all the scrutiny BDS has faced, no one even bothered tunneling on this detail. Right when I read this tweet out to you dom you just tell me let me read the whole thing but at the end just tell me what's the first like alarming detail what part of yeah. this context is really disturbing? look you don't even need to read it oh, i can tell brilliant. you already yeah I, I, don't, I know where you're going but let me read it for the fans though yeah so it was sure. a tweet where after the games grabs just did a tweet and he said it was like an image of like a, a bird or something and he put me going home after going zero or two to read mean comments slash being told how shit and fat i am are you ready but at least we broke our record and won two games against an LEC team in scrims this week. I didn't yep. let me. I, I think fans are going to get lost because maybe if you don't understand English, you don't understand what he means by record in this week. He's essentially saying over the whole fucking split, they've never even two like won two games against an LEC, any of the LEC, SK, Astralis. Like, holy shit, that's misfits. Like, you can't. Dude, this must be one of the worst teams to ever play in LEC. It has to be. Yeah. By that I alone, mean, it has to be. If he's not lying, that's crazy. I've never heard of that, by the way. Even normally, when you're really bad, you still the joke is normally it's just the scrims you win, isn't it? Like you hear stories in the past of like promiscuous mega in scrims. You know, like you hear that. Dude, if they're not even winning scrims, what hope is there? Holy shit! Okay, so this is something that's verifiable. Like, I mean, they they literally they normally go zero five. So for people that don't understand what winning two games in scrims means so when you scrim a team in in lec right now they do five five game blocks they do one block per day five games right it normally takes five hours with reviews and everything he means that they had not went two wins three losses before against any of the teams that they've scrimmed against block. in lec yes. so they were essentially going one four zero five every single scrim set that they had for weeks and weeks and weeks they normally scrim one the whole league yeah. Against against everyone, but here's here's the more damning thing: the top teams will never scrim a team like BDS. Yep. You will never exactly. get a scrim. BDS will never yes. get a scrim with Mad Lions right now. They so that means these games. motherfuckers were getting like five zeroed and four one by SK like every week, and then having to go and play LEC. Yeah. Astralis too. <laughs> That's you wonder why it. like you wonder why SK is normally confident. You talk to the players and they're, and they're like, or like you you see what the players yep. say on social media, and they're like, 
well, like we feel like really good as a team. Like they're, like they're always hyped. It's because they go home and they like 5-0 BDS and they're like, that's an LEC team. We 5-0'd them. Oh shit. Like we're going to fucking do well this week. And then they play against a real team. They're like, wait, what, what the fuck? Wait, maybe, maybe we actually have some problems with our game. Like you almost don't learn anything. Yes. SK and Astralis, you almost can't learn anything from BDS. That's fucking, that's so disappointing um, when you think about it. So yeah, I mean, that was that was crazy to hear. But I mean, I've been hearing the same thing all split. I was actually surprised uh, Grabs tweeted that publicly. Oh, Because he's wild, been telling it? me that all script. Like I said, did you notice the craziest part is that everyone else just seems to have not noticed it, though. I'm like, that wasn't a bit, that wasn't like the number one Reddit thread. Everyone else has just ignored that tweet. Like, when if you're all going to hit on Grabs, like, holy shit, he's essentially giving you the greatest gift of all time there. Like, I don't hate him, but he's just told you how shit his team is. By the way, spoiler, that's also the tweet you make, Dom, when you're probably going to lose your job and this team's all going to get fired at the end of the year. Like, that's also the other vibe I got. That tweet's yeah. almost him just like officially saying, like, yeah, the entire project was shit from the beginning sorry almost like what else can you say that's it i had a second topic though like i said i wanted to maybe bring it all because when i mentioned there like actually i thought the synchro of poppy was fucking shit against fanatic i've got a question for you dom as a jungler because here's one of the problems i have a general pet peeve i have in league of legends is when a champion in isolation or in solo queue is easy to play and then as a result fans are just like you can't even play that in the pro game well, first of all, it's obviously different, like, how the game is, who you're playing against. Because I saw this comment, by the way, all the time about people, like, why can't everyone just play the Jacks counter to Gwen? Like, why don't they all just, like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah, that's a really hard champion to play in probe. Jacks, what are you on about? Like, they can't just play that willy-nilly. Yeah, so no, I want to ask no this question. No one can play that in the West. No, Not one person can play it in the West. That's why that bin guy was a god, man. The fact that he could even bring that out still. So all you need mm -hmm. to know is this. The question now is about Poppy. Because my problem is this, Dom. I know to a pleb, they think the same thing about Poppy. They're like, Jesus, you just use the ult. Well, spoiler, the ult's really hard. Like, fucking, between Zanzara and Synchro, they miss every fucking ult. What are you talking about? Like, they're garbage with this champion. This champion is supposed to be broken in, if you play it right, Dom, at the moment. So, what's your take on it? Because it looks to me like half the drafts it gets in, the player almost doesn't even already use it very well. It's not even that, you don't even have to be that good with the champion, it seems like. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's a champion where you should be able to separate the team to a degree that you automatically win the fight. Like, if you get into any fight and then you ult out, like, the front line or anything like that, it, the fight is just over, right? It's just, like, an automatic win because you're actually just fighting, like, a, a, a 2v5 or, like, a 3v5 or something, like, with insane number advantage. Um, I, I mean, no one really plays it that well in, in oh. LEC, which is why you don't see it's, it. It's like, the ult so poorly. If you don't sell they just use it willy-nilly. Like, they don't use it like you should. To me, that ult is like the ultimate Monte Cristo. If people don't know, Monte Cristo's whole obsession with League was what is your win condition at each moment? If you have that ult, you're supposed to be the guy who perfectly target selects in this team fight. If you do it, we win like Dom says, mate. They just, they just like knock the support out. Like, it's, it's mental. I've seen him knock the fucking Wukong climb out of a fight. The clone. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's rough. I mean, I don't, I don't know what to say. About that. I mean, it's just, it's just rough. Well, I mean, this is the problem. Like that is normally a champion that, that in good games is like a must ban, but in LEC, people just think that Trundle counters it because if you like take right. away the ability to like section off people right. from the team, just the fact that it's a tank champion and Trundle is good against tank champions, that should be enough. That's not good enough. A lot of the time, by the way, like, I mean, I watched OMG versus V5 recently. Aki plays Poppy into uh, XLB playing Trundle, and the Poppy just like runs the whole game anyway. It's not that much of a counter. It's not like Sejuani versus, versus Trundle, where it's like Sejuani gets so many tank stats that Trundle just ulted and becomes like this godlike super tank. Like, you don't get that many stats from the Trundle ult, and the ability to separate people is still fucking OP. So, um, 
I mean, I think the real counters to the champion, no one is willing to play in pro play. And because of that, in the pro play meta, it is fucking godlike. It's like, like what, should the, what right should the counter be? Uh, full clears. Like, you should be playing things like Karthus into it. where Because Poppy Ooh, doesn't have, okay. like, great, like... Uh, Poppy doesn't have the, a great ability to, like, pressure another champion, to, like, invade another champion. Like, you can do some, like, tricky pathing. You can do, you know, the red raptors into counter jungle the enemy raptors. You walk through mid, hit level three, and then you, like, try to use this, like, random tempo advantage because it clears raptors pretty well. But champions like Karthus should just dick a champion like Poppy. Like, Poppy can't 1v1 the Karthus at any point, and then Karthus should just get way ahead. Um, but no one's willing to play that champion, even though it's been buffed over and over again. People still won't play that champion. They buffed the fucking, they buffed it on 12, seven, that patch seven patches ago. They buffed it. They made the, the Q do 10% more damage. It's like, what the fuck? Like, all right, that's like, what's weird is the player. I think logically when you're saying that who should embrace all these champions is fucking Cersei. You'd think yep, he'd be would, playing this motherfucker all day, wouldn't he? Yeah. I mean, I just think that they don't have the luxury of playing around jungle because like, Chuck, like, I mean, look, you, one person can't invade a Karthus most of the time. Like there are specific champions like Kindred can, can do it pretty well. I mean, there are some champions that are able to just repeatedly invade and just smurf on, on uh, a Karthus. The problem is that if your lays are fucking losing all the time and they just bring multiple people into your jungle and you're not actually able to clear, then I think it's an issue. Um, but yeah. that is a champion that I would love to see into Poppy. And it doesn't seem like people are actually like going to play that at any point. Yeah, you yeah. know, at, at this point, it's just like, yeah, no one's no one's playing. Uh, it's my segue no Because if you don't know, Dom, one of the reasons I actually didn't explain it for many episodes. But the reason I made that show called Narrative Wake with Kelsey Moser is because one of our biggest pet peeves in esports was when narratives just get out of control. So the reason that why I was saying wake there, wake in English also can mean like a sort of it's a type of Irish funeral. If you don't know where you go along and you speak at the thing. So what I was trying to show there was that we were going to kill all the narratives that are whack. Because I'll give you an example, a perfect example, Dom, of how I hate narratives. Because they're just shit, like bad movie plots. So you know the narrative this week, it went like this, Dom. Ha! Zanzara is brilliant. Look, he won all his games in Misfit. <sighs> Guys, did you watch those games? He, he wasn't the reason they were winning them. Like his poppy was fucking shit. They won the game, yes. Okay, that's great. They won. First of all, one was against Rogue, who's been dodgy. And SK is not, like, world beaters. Like, it wasn't because of the Zanzara guy. Like, that, that fact is irrelevant. Like, listen, Shratan wasn't good, but he wasn't some, like... It wasn't like Zanzara was like, oh, my God, it's night and day with these two players. So that's already, like, that storyline's already whack. Zanzara wasn't some amazing jungler. You just like that he does interviews and he has a Russian accent and a sense of humor. Okay, that's fine. He's not some brilliant jungler. And then I've got to say this. The actual fact is, if you want to talk about misfits for me, is there's two that I want to bring up here. One, actually, even though I made fun of him at the beginning of the split, as the split's gone on, the irrelevant guy actually has gotten actually marginally better and better and better. Look, he's not here it, so they clearly cannot play the old style of play, but he's not bad. Like, his gnar looked fucking decent, mate. He looked good. He actually seems like he's sort of settled into the E. And then the last factor is this. Just like spring, it starts and ends with Vethio, mate. This guy's back to being a really sick fucking player again. I feel like because of the way the playoffs went and because of the beginning of the summer split, everyone's like written him off and they just forget about Vethio. Mate, this guy's still really good. He's still like a mega fucking mid laner. And somehow, I don't know how, dude. Like, I actually think teams who play against Misfits are doing a really bad job from the coaching staff. Because, mate, I I can, like, see... You get this vibe as well. I can see in every Misfits game, like, holy shit. Like, dude, literally, Vethio and, and Neon are going to be at a point in, like, five minutes where they can do something. They're yep. doing it. They're winning the game. Like, I'm always thinking, like, how is the other team not realizing those are the only guys we have to shut down? 
The only ones. If we fuck up the game for one of those two, we probably won the game against Misfits. But anyway, I, I, how they do it, I don't I know how they get away with it, but they do. This works every week, mate. Yeah. I mean, so so let, let's go over a couple. So Zanzara. I think Zanzara, that, that's where we started, right? I think Zanzara is the type of player where he's getting so much value right now because they're allowing him to have value. People think that he's so fucking bad that they're like, let's ban out all of his champions. Like, we're going to ban out, like, his fucking Trundle. We're going to ban out his Skarner. And then, like, he's going to just be useless. Like, he's just yes. that bad. Well, sure, you're wasting your bans on fucking... Wait, <laughs> you're wasting your bans on Zonsura? You're not wasting them on, like, Vedio? I mean, I wouldn't even say wasting. You're not using them on Vedio? You're actually <laughs> just using them on Zonsura? You're just, I mean, okay. just letting Vethio play stuff like a Kali. But Vethio play a Kali! I agree, Dom. It's mid lane. I'd be wasting like three bands on mid lane or ADC myself, but yeah. I mean, look, <laughs> that's just me. The fact, the fact that, that Rogue is is like, okay, well, you can't let him have Trundle. I mean, is Zanzara that good? Like, didn't he lose almost every fucking Trundle game he played exactly. in, in Spring Split? Like, he yep. was just perma losing on that champion, but you can't give it to him. So he's getting a free poppy. He's getting the best juggler in the meta because you're so afraid of his signature Trundle and trig signature Skarner, which he couldn't win a fucking game on, right? Because you're so scared of that, you're giving him the best jungler. And then not only that, look at the SK draft. Oh, what what is what does Poppy do? Oh, oh, they were trying to like draft against themselves. Yeah, they just put all the champions at dash basically into Poppy. They drafted yeah. it into a first pick Poppy. Into yes. it. Yes, that's fucking crazy. That's Hello? <laughs> Dude, that's that's like one of those ones where I've just we've all used this joke too much. Like, that's the one where the second that draft's done, you should just do the tweet like Riot should investigate win trading. Like that is mental, that draft. That is absurd. Yeah. I mean, okay. So for those like Thorn caught it immediately. Just let me let me just say it for the people that that heard. Okay, so you see a first pick Poppy, right? Poppy is good against champions that dash. Fact. Okay, what are we drafting? Nar has a jump. Vi has a jump. Silas has a jump. Zeri has a jump. Alistar, the whole fucking team. It's all five. I know. It's all five champions. <laughs> Get fucked by Poppy. It's so insane to me. Like, how is this real? Like, I'm just wondering, like, did anyone, like, mention in the draft, like, yes. yo, it looks like we have, like, quite a few dashes. Like, can we at least get something that doesn't dash or support? Can we at least just get anything support that doesn't dash? I don't care. What, what do they draft? They drafted Leona. Anything, bro. At least a Tom Kench doesn't fucking dash. At least you can't cancel Tom Kench. Like, anything, bro. Please. Anything but an Alistar. Alistar, his whole combo is WQ, right? If you stop the W, he's useless. That yes. champion is fucked. And you drafted into Poppy. It's so crazy. It's like they've gone so far with the Zanzar disrespect that they are allowing him to be like the most crucial part of this team. I don't say, know how you get this way, When you describe it like that, it, the joke is it is like Wintrain. It's like they set Zanzar up to look as good as he possibly could. <laughs> just right now, just look as good as he could. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, I, I've never seen anything like it. It's like if you were going against, uh, who, who's a fucking bad player right now in, in LA? It's like if you're going against, like, Smaddy and you're like, oh, he can only play Ezreal. He can only play play Ezreal and he can only play, like, Senna and weak side chips. And you ban, like, Seraphine, Senna, and Ezreal all against like, Smaddy. It's like, well, you've just allowed him to actually be useful in the game. Because if you gave him any of those champions, he would probably still be bad. But instead, you've now allowed him to give everyone else on his team a great pick for them. Like, one of their best picks. It's crazy. It's actually crazy that he that he's getting that. I will say that Zanzar's early games looked fine. That's always been him as a player, though. He is like pretty good pathing early game. His mechanics terrible for LEC level. For for LEC level, his mechanics are horrible. Um, and then also like 
in team fights because his mechanical because his mechanics are terrible in team fights he's just never able to actually play the team fights well which is why when poppy has to knock people out he's just like missing the hammer um but he's getting actually far enough ahead in the early game where he's having a lot of influence on this game so i don't know man it's it, somehow misfits put the worst jungler from from or sorry not even worst jungler, worst player from lec springswood they put that onto their team and somehow it made them better because now everyone has to just only think about him. Like, it's like when Zanzara came back, everyone's like, okay, like Zanzara is back. Like we gotta, we gotta really just make sure he looks as good as possible so that he stays within the LEC. Like it was everyone trying to help, to help this guy. I mean, it's crazy, man. Like I can't imagine drafting worse into a player like Zanzara. What's funny is if we talk about his former team, like, mate, this is why that narrative also doesn't work. Because that narrative, if I'm going to complete it, Dom, like, Zanzara's back and he's winning. Well, then logically, Astralis must really regret letting him go. Right? No, of course they don't. You fucking moron. <laughs> They've got a way better player now. I even wanted to ask you that. Because since you are someone who was a main jungler, it's obviously been the role you've dedicated, like, 10 years of your life to fucking mastering. Well, how would you describe currently Cersei's jungling? Because I have to say, as a layman, as I've told you, I think, personally, for me, he's like the Hans Sama of jungle, mate. If anyone tells me he was the best years ago, I was like, definitely not. Look at the obvious flaws, you idiot. He's just fucking farming. But if anyone tells me he sucks, I'll never accept that. He was always, except for the LCS period, he was always, in my opinion, a good, above-average LEC jungler. And there's times where he did border on Elite. It's just that he had that one style, and he clearly does not veer from it. You have to essentially buy into his style. If you buy into his style, though, like, I think this team's a great example. He, dude, he actually looks good to me. Like, if I had to pick now, you know, my top, like, top three support, the joke is, jungle support for this team's actually good. Like, the young guy's a monster anyway you see if he ever gets pike or a playmaker he just goes ham and then just it to me he's just like it's just a proven consistently good player like what do you think of him as a jungler right now like am I, I overrated him is he underrated where is he i think he's good i think he's good i mean i think that I'm, I'm looking at the list of junglers right now let's make sure i don't i mean this is gonna piss people off okay so who have been the best junglers overall this split right like so i would say that best jungler overall this split has probably been el Yoya. Yoya? i think I yeah, I think that's, yeah. right, and then I think Mark Kuhn has also been really good. Number two overall. Yeah. He's probably number and, three, if I'm thinking about think, it. And I think Xerxes is number three. I mean, I, mean I think he's actually, like, I mean, oh, if you just look at the split, people are going to lose their fucking mind when they hear this. Oh, no, no, this I'm is never fine. saying Xerxes is a better player than Yankos. I'm saying in the 13 games that both of them yes, played, exactly. Xerxes has played better than Yankos. That's Especially these last few weeks, Yankos has had some nightmares, guys. I know he began the split, well, he's had some terrible games last few weeks. So I, would he, just, a, I think that's fair. I think Xerxes, when you consider... I'll be real. Xerxes probably played well in every single Astralis win. Like, he's yes. probably the main reason. So, like, I, like I said, mate, who's this solo laners? How about we do that? We're in the LEC, Dom, <laughs> a region where you can make a team that's like prime wonder and caps. This motherfucker's working with Vizichachi in 2022 and a guy called Deor that none of us even know to this day. And he's playing like a fucking split again. Like, no one, no one cares about... The joke is he might have the worst solo laners, but we're saying he's like the third best jungler for that reason. Because I think it's, I think it's justified, mate. He is, he's legit. Fair play yeah. to him. So this is this has been always my read on Xerxes. I think that when you give him like really impactful abilities, like he's really good with unique abilities. He's like if you put him in a meta where it was just like Lee Sin versus Jarvan every fucking game, it's like Lee Sin, Jarvan, and then you throw in like Elise or like Rexai. You put him in that meta, he's gonna be one of the worst players in in LEC. If he has like unique abilities that he could use, like he was really good at at, at you know using Rumble Old using Zach E. I feel like the meta for him is really good right now yes. because you look at all the jungle champions and it's like Poppy, very unique play style. Like you can like ult people out. Like he's really good with those those specific abilities and he understands how to maximize the use on them. 
Um, Wukong is another champion that hasn't been meta in the jungle for, for years. Like, I mean, maybe ever. Like, I mean, I think the last time it was meta was maybe like season four when I when I was playing Pro. Like, that was the last time, time that we actually had Wukong as a legitimate meta jungler. That that champion with the, with the team fight ultis, like he's really good at using those abilities and his pathing is pretty good. He has pretty efficient pathing. He knows how the other guy is going to path in a lot of matchups. He knows how to exploit it using his lane. So he's really smart about the game and he's really good with unique abilities. And I think that right now we're hitting the perfect like the, the perfect meta for him to really take over because all the champions are like unique. A lot of the, like all the champions are different than um, than you know, what previous metas were before. In other metas, you'd have like Trundle versus Garter and Sejuani with Olaf. That was like a meta. And then you'd have like the least Rek'Sai, Lee Sin meta. Like you'd always have these like very, uh, like very streamlined metas where all the champions played the same way and all kind of did the same thing. Not right now. Like all the champions are extremely unique. Like sure, like maybe pathing some of them will have like similarities. But what I'm talking about is like the way that you're going to play a team fight with a Poppy versus how you're going to play it with Wukong is completely different. And I think that he uses that really, really well to his advantage. So yeah, I mean, I, I would agree with that. I mean, I think he's the main reason why, uh, why they're winning games. Like, I don't know if I would go so far as to say like, Hmm, let me think about this statement. No, I think, I think that this is fair. I think if we were going to do MVP, like who has the most value to their team, I think that he is somebody that should be like at the end of the MVP conversation. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think Niski is like, like Niski is like number one by far to me, but then after that, like who are you even putting? Maybe Perks you put like number two, and then I maybe mean. I'd put put Xerxes number three. Like who else has been good enough in LEC where you're gonna say that they are MVP status? Unless you want to just throw a bunch of Mad Lines players in there and just be like, oh, they're the best team. Just put yeah, all exactly. five of them, you know? Like which I'm not gonna even, I'm not gonna do. You know, I think that I think that Niski is the reason why Mad Lions has made such a fucking turnaround. Like it's very obvious in the terms in in terms of the fact that they added him to the team, so you can see what they look like without him and then with him. And he's been doing super well, so yeah. That's my uh, that's my day. Uh, that's my uh, Astralis and, and Xerxes rank. By the way, here's how you know that Yonghoon's a fucking baller just from the beginning of the split to now. Because the joke is, everyone noticed how good he is. But now also, if you noticed, finally, Copy is getting all this praise. Spoiler, yeah, he's just playing with like, a, he's just got a support that's way better than he should do. Remember, he's supposed to right now be playing with some motherfucker like a mistake, a Jessica, exactly these sorts of like ERL bouncing guys. The guys who just do the bungee between ERLs and LEC all the time. The idea he got this guy who is just straight up cracked, by the way. It isn't even just his pike, like, man, you put that on any playmaking champion his bard looked fucking good like this yep. guy just makes players like he's a fucking G so again I don't know how they looked into this lineup but fucking hell it's definitely gotten way more value than he thought it should be able to get this yeah. is a question though because Pete obviously like we'll go separately we're going to make these two topics done we're going to have a topic at the end which is who are your four teams for worlds but one topic I want to ask you about is this Right now, if we go back to the beginning of the episode, like I said, the difference between second and seventh, we're technically eighth, because tied for seventh, is like two games total. So this is the question, right? Right now, there's a world where like G2 and Fnatic might not even make playoffs. Who the fuck knows? There's a world where like Astralis or SK could just steal their way in the playoffs. Like, do you actually think, for example, like, for example, would you, what would your bet be? Do you think one of like Astralis and SK is going to make playoffs? Do you think we'll have like a surprise playoff field or will it just be the normal teams, do you think? Uh, no, I, I don't think, I don't think Astralis or SK will be able to make it. I mean, maybe, maybe they could make it. I just wouldn't, I wouldn't put my money on it. I mean, I feel like XL has got it together to, to a certain degree. I mean, Misfits is ahead of them. And also I think the, the thing that Misfits has in, in their advantage is that I believe, hold on, let me just verify this to make sure I'm not saying, yeah. So they, Misfits still gets to play BDS. So that's like kind of a free win, 
Whereas like Astralis uh, has already got their BDS game. So that, that I mean, it, it sounds fucked up, but that's actually a huge way that I determined how these teams yeah, yeah, like, no, for sure. schedules look. It's like, do you play BDS or not? Because all the other teams could beat everyone else. Like, but I mean, the way I'm kind of seeing it right now is that it feels like almost no one can consistently be mad. No one's going to be a favorite versus mad and no one's going to ever lose to BDS. Like I think BDS is going to end the split like one in 17 or something. So because Astralis has already played BDS um, and then you look at like the other side of it and it's like, oh, well, like, you know, Mad has their BDS game, Rogue has their BDS game, Misfits has their BDS game, and Misfits is a game above, XL has their v BDS game, Vitality has their BDS game. I just assume that it will end up being Mad, Rogue, Vitality. And then I think it's going to be XL. The thing G2, is, Fnatic actually doesn't have that Misfits. crazier strength of the schedule, by the way. So Fnatic actually has, a, well, like, in theory, slightly easier strength of the schedule. Yeah, see, that's, that's what I think. But then when I look at it, it's like, Okay, so who do who would I say Fnatic is going to be? I mean, I guess Fnatic I would probably have over Misfits. I'm That's not the problem. Sure. I could see them sneaking in just because of the strength of schedule. That's the only issue I have with them. Yeah, but the problem is they've been looking so. I mean, the problem, oh, they the problem is that they've been looking so bad that it's like, I mean, can they beat like? I mean, uh, like, okay, so who do they lose to? They lost to Vitality and they lost to Misfits. So they lost to Misfits the first time they played them. I mean, then they they play against Vitality, who they look worse than right now. They play against uh, Astralis, which I guess they should be favored against. They play against G2, which who the fuck knows? Like, probably I would say they're slightly, uh, I mean, the slight underdogs versus G2 and their last matches versus SK, where it's like, if you wanted to look over the recent weeks, SK recently has been looking better than Fnatic. But I don't know how much that accounts for anything because everything ping pong so much. Everything just goes from Let's do uh, the SK know, topic then. Let's talk about SK because I agree. Quickly. The last, I'd say, two weeks, maybe, maybe even three, SK has just gradually been climbing back into contention. Like, obviously, they began the split as the team that, like, could have upset a bunch of people but didn't close the games out. They actually win those games now. They actually look legit. And I have to say, considering how much time they've invested in him, I, it looked to me like the Surtis guy was just going to be, like, sort of a boss or like a typical SK player, like, I mean, okay for SK if you want, but who would keep him? He actually is getting better every week, mate. He actually looks half decent when I watch him now. Yeah, Surtis looks good. I mean, I'm still worried about Gilius. I've been worried about Gilius the like, entire year. I mean, there's the games where he pops off really hard, where he gets like gigs off, and it's like, damn, this guy looks good. And then, you know, there's the games where he just kind of loses the game alone. So I, I don't know, man. I mean, it's tough for me to, to rate a team with Gilius on it because I feel like he should just be able to be banned out and like fall apart in metas. I mean, what did he play? He played the, the Hecarim game, I believe. Wasn't it Hecarim versus Astralis? Um, and I guess that looked like okay, but how many champions is he actually going to be able to perform on? It seems like every week teams start having a better and better read of like what his play style is. You pretty much want to... You know, ban Poppy versus Guy, and then in second ban phase, ban Jarvan. He's played nine champions this split. Yeah, but that, but like, that's who cares mental. About? That's mental. I mean, who yeah, cares but this guy's just trying match? everything. He's desperately trying everything, man. Fucking hell. Yeah. He's trying to like find something that actually works for him, but I don't know. I mean, there's clear picks. Like, let me see. Let me see. Let me see which picks that he's played that I would be scared of and which picks I wouldn't be scared of. Like, if I'm just going off the top of my head, I would be worried about him maybe picking like Skarner into your Poppy because that's like a counter pick that we've seen. I could see maybe, um, yeah, I could maybe see that. I think his Jarvan's fine, and I think his Poppy would also be fine, and maybe his Hecarim would be serviceable every now and then. I mean, you look at, like, his game on Vi, it was terrible. His Trundle game is whatever. His Bear game is whatever. His Wukong, I would not be afraid of at all. His Lee Sin, you could give it to him every single time. He has a 50% win rate on Viego. He has a 0.7 KDA. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm looking at, at his... 
match history and it's like i would not want to give him poppy and that's pretty much it if you ban poppy from this guy you could probably just pick whatever else you want into him and he'll never be a threat he'll never carry the game um so yeah i think that's like the part that i'm, I'm really scared about when i look at sk i just don't know how reliable gilius is going to be just feels like he's been coin flip like the entire year and when teams start really prepping for SK, now that they're getting more legit and teams like actually look at like look at SK, if they have a week with SK and Rogue, they're not going to be like, okay, we're going to win the SK game. So let's focus all our attention on Rogue. They'll actually treat it like, okay, what are we going to do versus SK since teams are going to prep for them harder? I think it's going to be <coughs> harder for Gilius to have those like really good games anymore. Also, it goes without saying, I actually don't care if this team makes playoffs or not, mate. This team has... Of all the teams that can make playoffs, sadly, this is the one. This team in Astralis cannot do anything in the playoffs. I think it's actually functionally impossible for them to win a single best of five series. Like, SK doesn't have the this raw laner strength, and Astralis, they're even worse for laner strength. Like, these two teams don't have any stuff. The difference is, when we're talking about G2 and Fnatic, they still have caps and, like, fucking humanoid and upset. Like, they have players that can do shit, guys. They can win games. These teams can't do anything in the playoffs. They, best of ones is their domain, so they can enjoy the last two weeks, get a couple of extra wins off. If you make playoffs, by the way, props, you're just not going to do anything. Like, the joke is, even Misfits, Misfits has Vethio Neon, that's something. Who are the Vethio Neon of fucking SK? Shut the fuck up. There isn't one. Exactly. Yes, insert us. Yeah. Exactly. There it is. One. The joke in SK is this. People even who like SK are like, wow, Gen X is all right. It's like, oh, brilliant. He's only been in the team for like three years or something. Like, what is this shit? Like, it's just a team with no ambition, is it? Like, the joke is, it's actually one way. Like, actually, that's why you know that Gilius' career has wound down a bit. He actually now, this is the team he now deserves to be in. I actually used to think he was hard done by, but I actually agree with you, Dom. The problem he has is this. He's also a player that can only be sort of underrated or overrated, if you notice. He either gets underrated and everyone thought he was shit because he was on so many teams, or he has those couple of good splits, the spring and the summer in Schalke, where, and even then, you notice it's not the whole split. He just has hot streaks, yeah. and then people overrate him because of that, and they make him like a top three jungler or something. Like, he's just a mid-table jungler. And in this case, actually, in this split, he's a, he's a below mid-table. He's one of the, He is one of the worst jungler. I'm not hitting on him, he just is. That's just how he's, yeah. how he's played. And also, it probably doesn't fit this sort of team, to be fair. Right, what about this then? So another big team that's oh, fucking... They're on the skids right now, mate, if you consider the last three or four weeks. It's XL. Dude, this is what sucks. XL really has been a victim of that classic trend in LEC slash LCS, where the team that starts the split the best is so rarely the best when it comes to the end. In fact, usually that's the team that tapers off. Like, this team looked so fucking good the first half of the split, and this second half is just undoing all the work they've put in, mate. Like, they're going to just crawl into playoffs now. Yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, you look at this week and I think that there's there's the match that I'm looking forward to the most is that one that they have uh, in uh, on day one where they play against G2 because I feel like G2 is another team that like had the same trajectory, right? Everyone said, oh man, there's no MSI hangover. They started the split four and one and then it was like, wait, they lost two games. Oh wait, they lost another. Oh my God, they have a losing record. What the fuck? Are they going to make playoffs? Like everything just changed so quickly around that team. And I feel the same way about, you know, how, how they look right now. crazy stat for you I've just looked up on. This is mad. Sure. XL has lost to six of the other teams in the LEC. Mm -hmm. oh, wait, wait, say that right. Let me check. Let's see. One, well, I mean, they had that three, really fucking terrible four, week that five, killed everything. Yeah, they've lost to everyone except Fnatic and Misfits. And That's BDS, brutal. right? And BDS. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yes, and BDS. Yeah, sorry. The three teams, obviously. Yes. Yeah. Dude, that's yeah. like everyone. That's no, I, I, I mean, that's just how it is with, with BDS. You just forget they fucking exist because you don't want them to. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm the same way. But uh, 
week four, I mean, week four is what really like fucked up the XL hype to me because like that's just an inexcusable league. They, I mean, they lost to Astralis and SK and it's not like they just lost to Astralis and SK. They got like their shit pushed in by Astralis and SK. The Astralis game, like sure they had a lead, but it was like, it was one of those games where you, you're like, okay, so what does this team do? They have good like jungle support synergy. They like play for objectives. They know what they're doing. They have like that good tempo to their game that, that just makes you feel like they're in control and you had that game versus Astralis where they were just like farming it was just farming xl versus Astralis for like 20 minutes no action at all you're like what the fuck like is this actually and then they end up losing they end up throwing so it's like that was a terrible loss and the game versus sk they just got their asses beat by sk so i mean for for me now i'm trying to look at their recent their recent yeah, uh, really, the last week to be fair was the best two teams it was vitality and mad lions last week so that, that one's a tough draw yeah but they should be better than vitality that's the thing it's like is that a tough draw because Get, I mean, people were saying that Vitality was complete dog shit the entire yeah, yeah. split. They were like, man, this is a failed yeah. super team. And then they just looked like worse than Vitality, even though that was probably one of Perks's worst games of the split. Like that was like, even though well, they won two start. games this week, Perks had a bad start to that game, which is different than a lot of the games they played before. But I mean, they were like, the joke is that they, they, they too owed Vitality the first time they played them because that was the game with all the fucking pauses and shit. Oh, yes, like, yes, you're right. Pause in the chrono yes. They two owed them. Like, it looked yeah, like you're right. Vitality yes. could never win. And then two weeks later, they just look like they're a worse team. So when I see teams that I that I feel like have issues, like when, when you look at the soul laners of XL, that's always been the question mark. How good are Finn and Nuke Duck really versus the other oh, soul man, Finn looked like he had a nightmare this last week. It, even though I gave him credit a few weeks ago for Gangplank, mate, he was shit on it this week. What the fuck was he doing? And I've got to throw this out there as well. You know, when we had Zabatino, we didn't make it a big like primary focus of the episode, but he was one of those people. There's a, a bunch of them out there in Europe who sort of like always think Patrick's like the sleeper OP ADC. I've never personally thought of myself. I think he's another overrated player for me. He's above average ADC at best. Oh, he's an average ADC in LEC. He's just a good player. He's not the player, in my opinion, you can build a whole team around to win. Dude, this shows why that is. This shows why when people tell me, Dom, like, uh-uh, Patrick could carry all these series though. Bro, why is... Why the fuck was he playing Lucian? Explain that to me, please. Because here's the problem I have, Dom. Oh, don't worry. When I watch your favorite league, the LPL, or watch some LCK, of course I see Lucian played. They have yep, some amazing Lucian players. I tell you what, though, it fucking was shit in this game. Not only was Mickey X garbage on Nami, but mate, why was Patrick? I looked at it, in his career, he had a three and six record on Lucian at that point. It's not even his champion. Like, mate, this looked garbage. It did nothing in this whole game. If that really is your one star player that you can rely on, draft fucking better. That was embarrassing. Yeah, I mean, I think that he's just like, he doesn't strike me as a Lucian player. When I think of Patrick, I think of him as like somebody who's going to play the hyper carry, right? Like he's going to be like the Jinx, yes. like uh, like uh, Jinx Affilio, something like that. And if you don't like fuck him up in the game and he's able to play at his own pace, he'll play the team fights really well. Like yes. you can rely on him to do work if you funnel gold into him. He's not going to do the X-Maddie and be 3k gold up on his opponent and then just fucking run it down immediately. You know, like he's he's better than that. I just think that they're trying to take too much like like knowledge or whatever from the east they watch lpl they see all these these like nami lucian picks from like gala and ming and it's like you don't got gala and ming like mickey x is good i don't think mickey x is, is bad at all i mean i think he's still one of the top support players in lec but that's just never like been like a, a mickey x pick to me like when i think of mickey x at his best i mean he's just he's the guy that has like engaged supports on lock yes like like and if i want to see a specific pick for mickey x i always think about gragas that's the pick where i'm like oh that's the specialty like he's really fucking good on that champion I just want them to play more to their strength and stop trying to be like the overall like best team at all the styles. You know, that's this looked like it was a Nelson influence draft, didn't it? It's like you're saying that's just the fucking LPL draft, didn't it? That like that bot lane would be amazing if you had the best bot lane LPL yeah. play. Yours wouldn't. 
I mean, the things got off. Like, ah, oh, man, the, the early game was so bad for them that it was just like they didn't even get to really play. No, the lanes. no, like I said, I said at the beginning of the episode, mate, because it was the Draven game for Unforgiven. It was just over like four minutes in or something matter on it. I know. Yeah, I mean, it was just like I, I forget what happened. Let me let me actually check real quick. But it was something that happened horrible in lane for them, and everything just was unraveled. It was like Nami lost Flash or something like that, and then the whole game is just over all of a sudden. Yeah, it was like over off the invade. Damn. So. Yeah, it's tough. I don't know. But like, they, I mean, wait. Yeah, this is the level two gank. Okay, so this is a level two gank. And this is happening in almost every single fucking game now. If you play one of these Lucian Nami lanes or one of these lanes that has to be aggressive, the jungler just will come level two. Like it's Makes happening sense. in almost every region. So you have to ward. And because they don't actually have those finer points of playing Lucian Nami down where it's like, okay, if we're playing Lucian Nami, level one is really important. We're susceptible to ganks. We need to ward level one. If you don't have those finer points down, the game just gets unraveled so fucking quickly so i mean we'll see if we if he goes back to it again but i mean that was not the game that i think you want to that's not the confidence builder for sure i mean that's a that's a legitimate what like zero ten nami game <laughs> like that was that was crazy that was a rundown so we'll have to see how how it goes for them i mean i mean like we said earlier the the game that really matters i mean they're gonna be bds right so they'll get a win this week how do they look in that g2 game do they actually look good or do they still look shaky if they look bad in that game they're going to seven and seven like they're seven and seven at that point. Like that is that is rough. And G two is one of the teams they should be competing with right now. Like G two is also seven and six. They're one of the teams that they're tied with, tied for fourth with. So that's a really important game. And I want to see if they like if they still show any like style or any um like similarities to the style that they had in the beginning of the split. Do they have those good jungle support rooms, or is it going to be one of those things where every they just lose confidence and then they just kind of look like old XL where. You know, their solo laners are kind of all right. Their bot lane's a little bit above average and their jungler's pretty good. They just end up losing. I mean, uh, the reason I think picking that as like the game to watch is also key is because we can talk about them now, but G2's in a fucking really bad spot themselves. So like, yeah, you're right. The difference is they can sort of like blame the schedule. Like I say, that, oh, it's okay to lose to Vitality and Madeline. It's not fine to lose to G2 now. Like the joke not is... If you can't automatically beat G2 and Fnatic now, spoiler, you aren't even like vaguely in the top of the table. Like you're actually not going to contend for LEC. Like these actually aren't top teams anymore, guys. Like the, the table has been turned on its head as like every two weeks go by. Let's talk yeah. about G2 then. Because here's sure. the problem I have, right? I alluded to it earlier, but I have to say this, right? If I'm going to give Mad all these props, amazing early game team, even Rogue's a decent early game team, even Vitality is finally not always behind constantly at the beginning of the game. Mate... They had this problem from spring split onwards. G2 is just never ahead. They're never fucking ahead, mate. And even worse, when they're behind, they don't even have the comeback factor of misfits, mate. Like, when I see G2 behind, bearing in mind now, Jankos plays pretty shit the last few weeks at least, and Caps is just, like, good, but he's just hit or miss. Like, dude, they're not a threatening team. I'm not scared of this team if I'm ahead of them. Like, I don't feel like they're going to catch my throw or make me throw. They're going to do shit, mate. They're just going to fucking slowly lose the game, really boring. Like, I also think as well, I've got to throw this in there, mate. Just forget the G2 bot lane this split. It doesn't even fucking turn up. And think about what a nightmare this is. You're all thinking I'm going to do the flacking thing. It's not even that. It's that the reason the whole bot lane is worthless now is because Targamas' whole strength was outside of lane. The fucking team's behind every game now. This is just terrible. Like, I think this team, like, the Vitality game especially, they looked mega shit. But in general, this team has collapsed, mate. Like, I know everyone's going to do the classic narrative. It's Fnatic and G2. They'll always get together for the playoffs, Thorin. Look, maybe they will, but it doesn't look like it right now. They look shit, mate. Yeah, I mean, they 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 had a pretty good week five where they ended up beating Astralis, which, I mean, has looked like a decent team. And then they beat Rogue, which was looking like a top team. They were yeah, number yeah. one in the league at the point. It's the up and up, yep. 
And then this week, they should have lost to BDS. They were 7K down to BDS. Absolutely. How do you get 7K down to BDS of all teams? That's the worst team by far. Like we talk about, ooh, LEC is, there's a lot of parity in the league, one through nine. The reason we don't say one through 10 is because suddenly like the BDS can't win any games. They're one in 12. They're one in fucking 12. They're so bad, that team. And you're 7K, you're 7K gold behind against x I mean, they almost got zero two'd by BDS. They almost got zero two'd. That could have happened. I mean, and then they make all these jokes on social media, right? It's like, oh, it's BDS, right? Well, it, yeah. I, like, of course they're going to do that. I don't have any problems with that. No, That's no, their fucking sure. brand. But when I look at the team, it's like, this is why I told people to not get so hyped on Flocket. It was, it was such yep. a crazy amount of hype. It's like, yes, Caps was in fucking God mode, and Yankos was the best jungler in LEC. What happens when they're not in God mode? What happens when they're mid and jungle yep. or just playing average? Like, I would say Caps and Yankos have just been average the split. Where's the bot lane? Isn't this where Flocket, like, if Flocket is one of the best AD carries in, in EU, right? People were saying he was top two. It was it was hard to say that Upset was better than him at the end of last split yeah, yeah. when he won that championship. People would if you said that, for sure. Where, where are the Flocket carries? Like, shouldn't he just be carrying these games? Like, if he's still top two, like, then it would look even worse for Caps and Yankos because G2 would still be winning because their bot lane is so good. Dude, I mean, obviously, like, I think BB is playing poorly too, but the whole team is just, like, they just don't look good. And I think that they need to, to really find their own meta again because when they were winning all those games, they had a divine strength, right? In in spring, they had BB who was playing the Ach on top, the Trindamir. He had his own picks that you would watch and you'd be like, okay, this is their style. They play weak side bot. They play strong side top. They have these unique counter picks. That's how they're winning the games. Then they changed it for playoffs, right? They got, they were a top four team with that, but then they decided for playoffs that that wasn't a, a way they were actually going to win a title. They started picking up Orin. So now they had like the weak side top laner, but like, you know, BB was a, a strong or it wasn't like the weak side top where he's getting shit on and he's down and says he was like winning his orange lanes versus like Odo and shit in finals. So they have the the, the style where it's like, okay, Capsi Echoes are going nuts and BB is always strong and then their bot lane is sufficient. What is happening now? Like they don't even have a satisfactory bot lane. You look at, at the way that it works and it's like, I mean, uh, the only the, the thing that they are lucky about it's like the reverse from XL. The thing that they're lucky about is that XL doesn't look that good either right now yes. as well. So I'm gonna really judge these teams. I want to see them actually come in, even if they lose. I want to see them playing good league, like actual good league. Like everyone knows what good league looks like, where, where there's intention in the play. They know what they're doing, even if they fail what they're doing. You can tell if players have an idea of what they're doing instead of just going into a situation like half-heartedly, like oh, can we fight this? I guess we can't fight it. Everyone back off, like. If you're going to fight it, go in there, fight it. And then if you lose, you lose. Like, that's all I want to see. I want to see some intention behind the team because it feels like they forgot how, how they play. Like G2 isn't confident themselves in how they play the game. What does G2 League of Legends look like right now? No one knows. Now, as much as I do think Excel has sort of hit a skid in the split, they've looked dodgy, they've lost all these games. You know what? They're playing against G2, who, as we discuss on this episode, that's probably the game that determines if either of those teams are going to do anything in the playoffs and do anything at Worlds. So G2 plays against Excel in this match, where G2 is a 1.596 favourite. Excel is all the way down at 2.305. Look, I know Excel's lost loads of games. 
G2's looked terrible to me, and they look like they're caught. Jankos has fallen apart. Caps is just dodgy. The bot lane shit. The bot lane of XL, I think, is way better. I think the top lane matchup is whatever. Finn's had a couple of bad weeks. Generally, he's been all right. I think mid lane matchup doesn't really matter in this particular case. It's not going to be big enough because the jungle mid edge at the moment, as much as they've been dodgy, might even lie on the XL side. So I think actually as an underdog, I'm taking this. And interestingly enough, they've given us some real crypto to actually play with, not just the DJT and do those. So I'm actually going to bet some real crypto here and I'm going to go big boy. I'm going to say, actually, I'm going to put $1,000 USDT onto XL to win at 2.305. I think this is great odds. I personally think, let me see, what's the max? Oh, most I can do apparently is 407. So I'll do 407. I wonder why that is. Okay. Let's... Is there something about how that works? Max bet. Whatever, I'm doing 407 apparently is how much I'm betting. I'm saying that Excel wins this game though. Now let's get back to the episode. One thing I did have, because we'll, we can go to the last topic in a second, because we generally, through talking about the other teams, talked about Fnatic anyway. But I actually had a question mm -hmm. for you, which was meta-related again, which was one thing I was confused by. So I want to get your take on this. Is why did Wonder do that Jace pick against Mad Lions, mate? Because here's one thing I don't get. Jace has to be the most ridiculously fucking misleading champion if you watch the LPL and then watch the Western Leagues. Like, none of the matchups make any sense, Tom. You know how many times I've heard people tell me in a playoff job that Jace should be winning in this lit and then they don't? Like, that is the old, that's got to be the ultimate top lane champion that just does fucking nothing in games. But people think in draft, like, oh my God, he's going to shit on everyone. Like, spoiler, you ain't the shy and the reason I don't get this one especially Dom it's because Wonder actually has a pretty legit champion pool right now like why is he making a Jace pick like what was the point of that 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 was shit I thought that I think it was bad too I I assume that the idea behind it is that because he's one of the, he's been one of the best performers on the team they're trying to give him more agency so they're trying to give him a pick where he's actually able to pop off that's all I can come up with for why that pick would be good Jace is not in the meta at all right now. I mean, it's always been something that has been good. I believe, what was the matchup? Was it Gwen? Was it Matt? Was it uh, Gwen or was it Nar? It was one of those two. I mean, those are the things that people are picking um, Jace into. I don't know why the game's not coming up on fucking YouTube right now when I was looking for it. But yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, I, that's like a game where I feel like the Jace should be okay, but you have to play around the Jace. And if I remember that game uh, correctly, that was the one where Jace actually backed and his lane was pushing away from him. And he needed his... Gwen. Yeah. Yeah. He needed his, his jungle and support to move up and cover him on the wave. Like, his wave is fucked. Like, he needs help. And just no one's coming. So, if you can't meet those criteria... You, instantly in the game. <laughs> exactly, yeah. He instantly died. But, like, yes. if you're not going to be a team that's going to address those situations in-game, if you want everyone to just solve their own problems, like, oh, well, your lane's fucked then you have to pick Gragas. You have to pick a champion where you can just like safely clear the wave and also have the ability to like escape a gank if, if it comes. That's my biggest problem with, uh, yeah, with, with the way that Fnatic plays is that they just don't help each other at all. They don't transfer their pressure from lane to lane. They don't like each other or something. We're the, it's, it's, it's what we talked about two weeks ago. We're like, Humanoid and Razork look so unsure of each other whenever they're in a 2v2 situation. It looks like Humanoid doesn't actually believe that Razork knows what he's doing in a fight. So, like, Razork will go and start, like, a Raptor clear, and Humanoid will, like, hover it. You know, like, he'll be in the area, and he'll be looking at it, but he doesn't actually believe that the play is good. And you can tell that by his by his, his attitude towards it. Like, does he move up? Does he, like, flash forward? Is he ready to go on the play? Or does he just think that it's bad? Does he think that yes. Razork is just fucking inting? So he thinks Razorg is just ending. And I feel like the whole team, they don't trust each other. They don't look at, at, at each other and be like, okay, if I go and I help you 
and I enable you to like be in a better lane state, are you going to carry the game? They don't think that Wonder's going to carry the game, yes. so they don't put him in the position to carry the game, and then the pick is fucking useless. So I don't even know what the team, what the team's identity is, how they want to play. But what I'll what I'll say is that they don't look like they can play champions that require other people to play around it. All the lanes have to be self-sufficient at a base level for them to play. So what does that mean to me? It means Azir picks. That means Gragas picks. That means junglers like Viego that are kind of just these like, that don't have defined strengths, don't have like too many weaknesses either. They're just kind of like there and they can kind of do everything. They need jack of all trades picks for all lanes so that they don't have to interact with each other. Because right now, there's no help coming if you lose your lane or if you make a mistake in your lane or if your lane's in a bad state, there's no help coming from anyone. That makes a lot of sense if you even think about what they pick though, Dom, because think about it, like all the classic humanoid picks don't work because he can't interact with the rest of the team. Like there's no point giving him TF. Like he's not going to go to a sideline and make some amazing play. Like they're just, he's just going to be a shit lane and now with TF. Great, brilliant. And probably die three times. Then I've got to say as well, the premise you're talking about, by the way, is super visible in certain esports games. Like what you're talking about, the way you can see how positioning sort of implies like I'm only pretending like for face value that I care about what you're doing now. I'm not going to help dude in my native game of csgo is the ultimate for that you can always tell in csgo if someone's an opera if they actually think their teammates can win this scenario in the game because if they don't they're just positioning so they're like ready to save the opera and like go over you know what i mean you can see by the way they're yeah. moving like if that guy dies i'm gonna just oh i'm saving like where's the difference yeah. is you're like the best team in the world here. like you're all going in together like i'd even say that's the difference of this fanatic team if you take this team and you take the g2 super team of a few years ago i've always said this dom fans really believe that like jack team fight breakdown shit of like oh my god they're all macro geniuses who knew what they were doing they didn't know any of that you idiots people like caps or perks just made a play and what happens is people like yank or Mickey x wonder they were like well they're geniuses just do whatever they do follow up whatever it is follow up if it works it doesn't work that's how we win and that's how we lose that's the point you just trust them so you follow up you don't really know what they're doing whereas in this team i get the vibe dude not only do they not trust each other but the fact that they don't have a clue what the other guy is going to do they're just like i'm not even in on this i'm not even going to fucking look stupid yep. And the worst thing you can ever do in a team, by the way, the classic example everyone says, is all have a different plan. That doesn't ever work. I'd literally rather, no joke, think about the teams we were talking about earlier. I'd rather, even on a shit team like BDS, just have one way of playing the game. Let's just have one way we can all agree to play the game. Fnatic looks like that. Dude, I can yeah. tell they're going to do this. They're going to ride that super team thing into the fucking grave of like, we're still waiting to see if we tick over and become the god team that could do every type of League of Legends. You're not. You haven't even got one type of League of Legends. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the game again, and it's, it's, this is, this is the classic game where, you know, they, they all try to make a play together, and then you see the results of it, and it's like, I don't think that the results are actually doing anything for the way that they feel about their teammates, right? Because you look at, you know, upset has a lead in this game versus Mad, right? The Fnatic versus Mad game, so they don't play for anyone. Razor is just full clearing his jungle, whatever, and they get one fight where upset moves and Unforgiven does it. So they get a fight where it's essentially just a 5v4. They clean it up. Humanoid gets three kills. He gets six stacks of his Dark Seal. He's huge in the game. What does he do? He immediately sends it. So when that's the result, Upset's like, okay, I'm going to sacrifice this for my team. I'm going to sacrifice my lead to get my team ahead. And they they execute the play. It's a good decision, right? It's a good decision from Upset to go and help his team. Humanoid gets huge off of it. And the first thing he sees is Humanoid jump into the whole enemy team and kill himself, right? He's going to think, well, next time I should just stay fucking bottom. I should just keep my lead and we should play through me. I don't think that the results that, that are actually happening in the game are doing them any favors for trying to have this like idea of team synergy. It's, and this is why Upset always ends up devolving into a player where he just needs to be played through is because his teammates just fucking underperform. Like, 
I don't know. People will say, well, if it's always happening, if Upset's teammates are always underperforming, that means that he must be doing something. They to make always do the correlation causation thing. You notice that? Even though that's the meme on the internet, they always do it, Dom. Because what they do is they don't even complete the sentence. They go, how are you? should always upset. Yeah, you're supposed to answer that. Unless you can answer yeah. because he literally is the one holding the team down. It is just a weird coincidence. I mean, spoiler, it's not even a coincidence. He was on bad teams half his career, you fucks. Because yeah, I saw the same thing. I saw the same take was just like, see? Oh, how convenient. Upset got the players he asked for, but now they're bad. Yeah, they literally are bad. Like, are we just going to pretend that when you sit with your eye test and watch the first, say, eight games of the split, you're watching Humanoid in Hillersang and going, what's what's Upset complaining about, Dom? He's got the best mid and support in LHC. He should be fucking winning. No, you're looking at those players going, my God, imagine the nightmare being trapped in a game with those guys. I said it a few <laughs> weeks ago. Imagine being in that game where fucking, it's almost like Humanoid was like, trolling upset with how much he was fucking the game up like that'd be a nightmare same thing everyone said about the jungler the joke is like humanoid is your enemy jungler's favorite fucking mid lane it's like you just know he's going to give him some kills randomly like if i was upset and i'm trying to win a game like i, I would be so tilted playing with players like that like look i'm not going to say he's played perfect but like he certainly has not played badly he's, in fact i'd say he's probably the best player in the team yeah i mean it's just it's really tough in to the look. wonder it's between him and wonder right they're the only two that sort of held up all you need to do is Look at look at upset CS lead. I'm going to get you the actual numbers. Okay, so he's got a 15 CS lead, right? He's got a 15 CS lead, 68 to 53. Unforgiven is getting fucked in this lane. He's like under his turret. He's having to base. Like upset has, has tempo the entire time. What does upset do with that? He runs all the way from bot lane for the first Herald fight at 8:35. He runs all the way. He has pressure in the lane, so he's still pushing in. Unforgiven. He has a lead. He has sums. Unforgiven has the flash. He uses bot lane lead at eight minutes and 30 seconds to run all the way across the map to help his team win a losing Herald fight. The team was lost the Herald fight for before and he showed up first and single-handedly that was what turned it. And that is why Fnatic ended up winning it. Humanoid gets three kills. If not, they probably would have got, uh, they would have won zero for two. They win that. Humanoid gets all the kills. And then all you need to do is you need to look at Humanoid's next ult. You need to look at Humanoid's ne next ult Around 11.30, they get into a team fight. Humanoid ults into five people. His whole team instantly dies. And Unforgiving gets three kills. Yeah. So so he's winning lane. Enemy AD carry gets to be losing lane. Unforgiving, one of the best AD carries in Europe, is down in lane. Admittedly, Fnatic has the counter pick, Zillion support, Zillion whatever. Doesn't change the fact that, that Upset <laughs> has pressure in the lane. And then he just gets gifted three kills like that. He's just farming. Oh, I guess I got three kills. Oh, what happened over there? Enemy mid laner is fed. Oh, well, he just like ran it down completely. Lost his team the game. Now I'm just ahead. As a this is my theory. I actually think, look, I'll give people credit. I'm sure there's a lot of idiots who just have no eye test. But I think those are examples, Dom, of people just looking at the scoreboard and thinking this is an NBA box score. And they see all those kills and they're like, I guess he, I guess Unforgiven outperformed him in lane. It's like, that wasn't even what happened. Go watch the game, you idiot. It's not a box score. It doesn't work like that. It's not, remember in basketball, it's the same type of scenario. Like the league is totally specific to the game, isn't it? Because I'm with you. Like these are nightmare games to like locked in as an ADC. Yeah, no, it's it's crazy. But those, you know, it's so weird because those same people will then tr go on Reddit and they'll be like, ah, oh, well, AD carry's fucking weak. It's like, so which one I is know, it, man? Exactly. Is AD carry exactly. just one v nine every fucking game, or or oh, it one v nines every game in competitive, but in solo queue, it's way different. Because yeah, go. yeah. So that that's what it ends up being. But I mean, it's it just so it's so so frustrating to watch Fnatic. I mean. 
I don't know what humility is doing, but he doesn't look at all like the same player. Like he just looks so bad compared to what he used to be. Like even with leads, like it used to be that at least like, you know, he would die some in lane, but like once he got a lead, he would actually be able to do something. You gave him the dream lead. You gave him six dark seal stacks and three kills. And he still got outperformed by Niski. Like hard outperformed. It wasn't even close. Like last year, I had Niski on a bunch of my, my co-streams and live views, and he was like, man, Humanoid's so good. He's like, he's like yeah, the best yeah. guy. Like, he, like everyone else, he's like, yeah, they're all the same, but Humanoid is a fucking Oh, you'd beast. love That's this, mate. Are you ready for one of the most righteous takedowns of Reddit morons I'm ever going to give you, mate? Because this is insane. Okay. I saw an actual take on Reddit. This is the ultimate, like, just shit, shithousery that League is about now. Where, you know, like, one thing I hate, Dom, and you must hate this as an analyst, is you know when someone who themselves didn't make a prediction... Is like, lol, nice prediction, this aged poorly. It's like, look, bro, you can laugh that I'm wrong, but you aren't right. Like, you didn't make a prediction. Like, you you didn't play the game, so you don't get to win. Like, I can lose, but you didn't win. In the same sense, right, I hate fans where they just sit there. They don't have any take or any principles. They just wait, like we're saying about the upset example or perks on Cloud9. They just wait for some happenstance to take place. And then they just go like, ah, now just only from this position with perfect hindsight, what an idiot that guy was. So I'll give you the take. This is mental, Dom. There was people where, because of right now, Fnatic's not in good condition and Niski's leading the league. There were people like, ha, an upset wanted humanoid over Niski last year. Last year, he, it wasn't, he didn't come in a time machine to now and go, you know what, <laughs> Humanoid was in it, and this Nisky, I'll take the Humanoid guy, Nisky sucks. He played with Nisky, who, by the way, Dom's a bad fan of Nisky. Nisky wasn't as good summer last year as he is now. Like, he was a good player. Dude, now he yeah. might, like you said, he might be the MVP of the whole league. And then on top of that, you add in this detail. Everyone would have taken Humanoid over Nisky in that scenario. Nisky. Even Nisky would tell you. Humanoid. Yeah, exactly. Even Nisky <laughs> would tell you, look, if it's between me and Humanoid, take Humanoid. Exactly. So, like, you yeah. can't blame him for that. Like, that's an obvious pick. Everyone wanted that. Everyone was, even these fans were all saying, Humanoid is Caps 2.0. He's the new Caps. Everyone wanted this guy. Everyone wanted to build their team around him. Yeah. No, I mean, that, 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 that's 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 actually... You're just hating. You're just hating. It's Let's do so it then, because here's the thing. It's the last topic, but the reason I saved it till the end is because I already know because of recency bias and how ridiculous the standings are. There is, spoiler, there is no good answer to this, Dom. When we pick our four worlds teams... Oh, you're going to feel bad. We're fucked, because one, we're going to have to do things like Vitality and Exile are going to have to maybe be in there or not, like, who knows? And then secondly, we don't know, because as you said, because of the circuit points, the playoff standings could be so fucked, it might not even be possible for some of these teams to make it. And then finally, there's the <laughs> so stupid sad. world where we're so many weeks away from the finals. Oh. And God knows, maybe G2 off like is good by then. Who the fuck knows? So go then, Dom. Even though we're just going to do it as a fun exercise, right? There's four slots. So they've even made it easier for us, but they haven't at all. Do they think they've made it? So let's start we're out. Guaranteed. Right? So assuming that we get the playoff teams correct, we're guaranteed yes. to at least get two in. Yes. So I think okay. here's, the, here's the way we can make it easy. If we both just agree Mad Lions gets one of the four slots, we can go to the other three. Do we agree on that? Yes. I think that's the no-brainer, right? The problem mm. is this, Dom. I'm not exaggerating. Beyond Mad Lions, I don't think a single team is locked for Worlds. I don't think you can say any of them are locked. I'm not exaggerating. I don't think... Even like... Right. Even Vitality that you're loving now, there's an easy world where they could lose all these series. Come on. Yeah. Oh, no. It's completely <laughs> fucked. This, this is just... So who else are you going to? What's, what's your next pick? To do? Okay, so... After Mad Lions, who are we going with? I'm going with the knowledge that the championship points are so fucking impactful. Because yes. they are, right? G2 and Rogue are my next two picks. I'll lock both those in because they have such high amounts of championship points that it's very hard for them to not, like, if they make playoffs, it's very hard for them to not at least get second and third seed. 
Yes. And second and third seed are almost guaranteed to go, assuming yes. that the first seed actually can beat the fourth seed. So I'm going to go with those Ooh, two. But that's the problem, though, Dom. Oh, you've just made it worse now, though. Because you're right, in the old system, remember, like, Rogue would be number one, and then, you know, yeah. just, like, win one series or number two beat three, you go, right? Here's the problem, though. No, no, I, I know. I've took this into account. Ready? That, that your problem is, probably be first seed. you could have G2 go first, but then lose the first match. Yeah, exactly. That's what happens then. Well, so that, that's what, so I'm, I'm assuming, so, so this is, so I, I thought about that. Them or Rogue are likely to lose if they're one seed, right? Yeah. I think that G2 or Rogue can probably beat one of the teams that isn't Mad Lions, like could beat them enough of a time that they, it's probably, probably going to be like an XL or a Misfits or something, yeah. right? Yeah. It's going to be an XL or Misfits, maybe a Vitality. I don't know. Vitality could be rough, but we'll see. My point is that I think that, that G2 or Rogue can probably win that series. And if they win that series, then they guarantee the other two teams. And then Mad Lions will probably just win, like assuming that that happens, right? Right. Mad Lions will probably beat the other team. So they'll guarantee yes. them spot. They actually won't be guaranteed yet, I believe. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. No, yeah. Based on what you're saying, basically what we yeah, are saying makes sense. The problem is this. If we just went purely off this split, it would be all over the place. Like, who the fuck knows who we too. Yeah. But if you chat, if you take the championship points and you assume Mad makes it, actually the first three spots are almost locked in. It's basically Mad Lions, Rogue G2. So then the interesting question, because mm -hmm. it's a tough fucking choice now, that means your fourth spot is between XL, Vitality, Fnatic, maybe Misfits. Like, so the question is, who takes the fourth spot? Because that's a tough one, mate. Because this gonna... is the problem. If you pick Vitality this week, you feel lovely this week. You might not feel great in three weeks from now. Oh, I'm probably going to feel fucking horrible for this. But the problem is, like, uh, so I am going to take Vitality. And the reason <laughs> is because yes. in what fucking world am I going to say XL after just losing to Vitality? Like, they're in worse form now, and they have yes. less clutch players. Like, you think of, yes. of, like, what Vitality is. Like, Perk's always got it fucking done when it mattered. He's yep. the guy that used to struggle in regular seasons, phone it in, and then level up for playoffs. So if I'm going to go for, like, in a clutch situation, who's going to perform the best? I'll say perks. I'm I'm all in on the fanatic complete like shutdown. Yeah, I think they I could potentially that make it, but like they've yeah. been looking so bad so far that like how can I have any faith? Like I, I can't yeah. be a sensible person to have any faith. So I'm I'm all in on the fanatic shutdown, and I think that XL will just probably be in a spot where it's too hard for them to to make it. You know, like they're probably in a situation where they they might not even get to play a best of five versus Vitality. They might have to beat like some teams that are actually good in order to make it. They might have to play like a first round series against Fnatic and then Fnatic like ends up like beating them or something. That could be a legitimate first round um, series because if Fnatic makes it, once again, you have to think about all the championship points they have. So let's say XL is fourth, right? Let's say, let's go for championship points. Let's say XL is fourth, right? They would have 60 points total. Let's say uh, Fnatic is sixth. They would have oh. 50 points from spring, 20 points from summer. So they would actually have 70 points. They'd be higher seed. So it's like hard for XL to not end up in that fifth, sixth seed. Yes. When we're talking about playoffs here, even, even vitality, for example, if vitality finishes like anywhere close to them, well, actually it depends. It depends because obviously like fourth is 20 points more than fifth. So maybe they'll be able to, to beat <coughs> vitality, but vitality has more points than them going into this. So if like vitality is higher seed, they might be way above them in, in the standings. So I'm going to go vitality on, on my fourth team. I'm going to say G2 rogue, 
Mad Lions, Vitality. Those are going to be my four going to Worlds from Europe. Oh, that is what's sad though, dude, is that championship point is what actually scoffs it for me. Because if it was just based on this split alone, I actually think XL would be one of the most interesting teams to talk about in playoffs. Like I could see them becoming like third or second. I could see them coming fourth. But the problem is, like you say, the odds are that just who they have to play in the bracket it's going to be really tough for them. That's why for me, as much as it pains me, I probably do have to put Vitality as the last one. And it's, it's actually because of what you said. If people haven't noticed, there's a general rule as long as his team is capable, I don't bet against Perks. I just don't do it. He's just he's just been. It's not, it's not even that he's just clutched me. He's one of the most clutch players ever. It's ridiculous at this point in time, isn't it? Like the reason why the Cloud Nine year was the ultimate year to me is because that was a down year of his career. It really was the worst year of his career, and he still was winning fucking clutch games against the best Asian teams. Like, give me a break. So again, as long as the team and they look like it this last week is capable, Perks can absolutely do miracles in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, through. just think about it's that. Like that Excel, just... come on. I mean, just think about that. That was his worst season ever, right? Yep. What did he get? Only one championship because he normally, on average, he wins both championships, yep. right? So he only won one championship that year and went to Worlds and got to quarterfinals with the third seed from fucking North America. The first seed from North America <laughs> normally doesn't make it out of groups. Yes. The first seed from North America or the third seed from North America was able to actually make it out of groups. Oh, that's wild. Yeah, I mean, come on. Like, Whereas oh, the man, difference I, is... Like, XL could play a great game, but Nuketuk sure. isn't going to just take over the match, is he? Like, I can't, I can't wish for that, can I? So, which is, by the way, like I said, we're doing this partly in fun because there's so many variables. Like, I imagine there's no way we could have got this totally correct. Like, I think, like I said at the beginning of the episode, Dom, we can just end on this. I think this is going to be, the, uh, especially now we're adding the championship points fact, this is going to be one of the most bonkers playoffs ever. Yep. <laughs> just ever. <laughs> yep. And the craziest part of all, by the way, is remember, because there's two weeks left, for all we know, half the teams we picked might not even be in the playoffs. By the way, yeah. that'll be so depressing. I've been hyping it as the best playoffs ever. What if the playoffs just don't have G2 off and like, I mean, I know it's almost impossible, but like, if even one misses, by the way, it's already going to look dark. It's going to get dark. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's looking fucked up. I mean, here's the other thing that's weird. Misfits randomly have so many championship points from spring. Yeah, you like, always forget that, don't you? Because they finished third. Yeah, everyone forgets that. Oh, the other thing fourth, to mention is this as well, fourth, Dom. Yeah. I forgot this. In line with the people mentioned on the broadcast, that thing where Fnatic was like the first time they've had like a five-game losing streak since 2014. Dude, it's worse than that. Imagine this. We were saying about them not winning LEC Spring. Dude, imagine if they don't even go to Worlds with four World Spots and this roster. What is on paper one of the best rosters ever made in an off-season? Like, that would yeah. be one of the craziest storylines ever if they don't go to Worlds. And by the way, right now, they look like they're not going, mate. I'm with you. Their record's shit. They're in tough spot at the end of the split. And on top of it, like, the team just eye test wise doesn't check out it's not good all right so here, here's the question what is more egregious g2 not going to worlds last year 2021 three world spots but with i think consensus the best roster ever made in europe or this fanatic team if they don't go to worlds with four spots in europe so they there's the extra spot that's what that's what skews it not I'd still go last year's G2, though, because the problem is, on paper, okay. that really was supposed to be... Remember, dude, we all said it. They were supposed to have ruined the LEC by just winning too easily. Nope. Like, on paper, that looked impossible. Like, here's the thing, Dom. You could have maybe convinced me they might not win a split, but they were definitely going to Worlds. I even remember in the playoffs just being like, they're obviously just going to win out and go to Worlds. Like, look at the bracket. Like, ah, that was a big shock to me when they didn't make it. Like, I agree, it's also a big shock for this one. It's a good comparison. But that one did look like... That should have been the most obvious side grade in the history of League of Legends. Like, records for perks should work fine, right? It an upgrade. It could have been, yeah, in theory. So I think that one's a little bit more, but they're both up there. They're both in the fucking running for the worst of all time, right? Yeah, well, they're going to have to do what G2 did. They're going to have to blow up the team afterwards. I don't even know who you keep anymore from that team. Yet. 
I think this, that's, maybe we'll end on that. That'll be a Sophie's choice and a half right there, mate. Because I'll give you an example. I'll tell you what, one criticism I can maybe take to heart from some people is, when they're at their best, I understand, I call them that myself, why people call the Fnatic bottling the best in the West. But I tell you what, mate, as much as, yeah, it's true, if you're upset, you can't ask for it. Like, you're just dreaming of getting people like Hillisang. But, mate, it's been fucking rough this year. Like, can we really build it on that bottling with the team we've got here? That's why I say I don't even know what direction you go, mate. What would you pick? Tough. So I think I think this is what you have to do. So Hillisong has always been the type of person where I feel like he kind of shuts down when the team is just like really like having a bad go. Like when his team is like, not even if the team is playing poorly, if the team environment is dog shit, I think that actually really affects Hillisong's play. Um, and if people are like overly critical and he's trying to box himself into, or like he's trying to do what other people want him to do and not being himself, I think that that's always something that makes him play worse throughout his career. I would I just get the vibe, by the way. I don't know if you get this, but I think that's been happening recently. Like, I've noticed yep. in drafts, sometimes they just put him on the Nautilus again. Boy, Tillersang! Like, get him off that fucking champion! I hate him, Tillersang, on the fucking Nautilus. It's cancer. I think that, like, I think you can maybe keep Wonder in the bot lane, and then you probably just try to make... You need a harmonious mid-jungle. You need a harmonious mid-jungle more than anything else. Like, they need to get along and want to play together. <laughs> you know? that Nisky guy from Mad Lines. Yeah, that Nisky guy is pretty good. I don't know. I'm I know, trying to tell people. I know. Well, the joke is, they actually, what they should really do is this. It's like, Humanoid, here's the deal. If you can convince El Yoya to join next year, you can stay. If you can't, you can fuck <laughs> off and play with him. You know what I mean? Like, can we reverse <laughs> this trade? Like, that's not even a I mean, that's right. That's just right, mate. Yep. <laughs> Because that's the first thing you've got to do. Like, the one thing I think everyone would agree on is Razok probably has to go, right? Just seems probably. like a no-brainer. Yeah, he's been playing rough. He's been playing really poorly. I even think, by the way, look, the day he walks into a mid-table team, he'll probably be good again. So it's not like it's a problem for his career. But I think that's the obvious move you've got to make. The question then becomes, yeah, which solo lane are we keeping? Do we keep the whole bot lane? Like, you've got a lot of gambles no matter which way you go. Look, Excel doesn't seem like the type of team where they are really committed to, like, building for a championship. You know, they seem pretty limited with their budget. I think you're trying to buy that Marcoon guy. You're like, you know what? This guy, like, he's the type of player that looks solid. He's not as much of a pop-off player as, as Razork was. Like, Razork would have those, like, really insane games. But Marcoon is a player where I'm like, you just know that he thinks about the game heavily. And he it looks like he listens to the mid lane, mate. Like, he looks like yep. he listens to the, the whole game. I bet he'd love playing with Humanoid. Yep, so maybe that's the type of guy that you... That's not a bad move. Yeah, yeah. It's not a bad move. Well, speaking of bad moves, what if I didn't even have an outro and the episode just ended? 